1: Episode number one hundred and sixty-seven of the Classic Gaming Podcast. Today's date is September eighteenth, two thousand and twenty-one. We're a little late, and we apologize for that. I'm Robert Ring. With me is the amazing Mister J Tateru.
0: Hello, hello, and, and you don't have to apologize. It, it was on me. Thank, Robert has been uh, a sweet little angel in terms of uh, rescheduling delays. So, um yeah, definitely appreciate that.
1: Well, we try. We we try two things. We try first off, you know, to to not be late if we don't have to, but also. One thing that I, that has always been kind of important to me. Actually, we've been we've been doing pretty good. I think we've been doing pretty good yeah. like throughout the past year, really. But one thing that has always been important to me, even from when we v- first started, this was always on my mind. Which was, I don't want to push us to stay on a strict schedule. If we want to, if 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 we need to, or even just want to, like delay things for however for like a week or so at sometimes. Like this is supposed to be fun more than anything. So I do. I, I figured that's the best way to burn us out is to make sure that we stick to a schedule. So I've tried to to make sure that we don't, that we're not too hard as far as that goes.
0: Yeah, I definitely appreciate that. There are definitely times when there there are times when I have a lot more free time to play a classic and and also just like an interest. Like I usually go through phases where I I have a list of games. I'm like, Oh, these are some of the classic games that I want to play in the near future. But I don't always feel like playing those games. I'm like, "Eh, I'm not going to play anything classic for a little while. And then there are times where it's like, well, I obviously want to keep playing games for the podcast. And like, you know, it just I don't ever want to force myself to like play something that I'm not going to enjoy because I think my opinion of it is going to be a little bit tainted, if that makes sense. Oh, definitely. Yeah. 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 So. Uh,
1: All right. So, Jay, this is a little bit old before we start talking about news and stuff. First off, how are you doing? You doing good?
0: Yeah, doing pretty good. How are things how are things in your
1: end? Things things are good. Things are good here. Um I have a question for you. So before we get to news, sure. this is kind of old, but it hadn't even it's but it happened after the last episode. You uh are no longer running your WoW guild.
0: Yeah, it's uh it was a, it was a really really I'll be honestly one of the tougher things that I've had to do yeah, in, in I thought a while. So. And I know yeah, I know for a lot of people like what the fuck, like, you know, you know what uh, different perspectives of it, but it was really tough. I spent a lot of time thinking about it and talking about it. Talked to my wife a lot about it. Talked to my brother who and just share with a lot of people that, that are unaware of like how meshed um, realistically my group of friends is. Is usually we move as a, a as a unit between different games, and we you know, we'll we'll play, end up taking five or ten people. We'll find a new game to play. We'll play that for a little while, and then you know we'll move on to different things. It has been high for 10 years before we've all found a game that we can all play together. So when you know the the re-release of Burning Crusade came out, um originally, you know, I just kind of told everybody like, hey, just so you guys are aware, this is what I'm doing. You know, if you guys are interested in this, let me know. And very quickly it built a lot of traction. A lot of people were very interested in, you know, playing with with everybody. And also the content is really exciting. And so there was a there was a lot of excitement around it. So it was I ended up taking the helm as the the realistically the guild leader and it, it's 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 it was a decent amount of responsibility just to get everybody organized and make sure we have everybody's schedules working out. So we did that for a couple months prior to the release of it. I spent a lot of time building out the guild. I found people that I ended up picking up on the server. You know, different people that I didn't know to fill out the rest of our roster. It was a lot of t- it was a lot of time. And it was it was a lot of fun, and I actually really enjoyed doing it. So when we came to Burning Crusade, you know, I was really excited to see what we could accomplish, and we accomplished a lot. We 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 did a lot in the early weeks, which was great. It was very challenging. Uh, it was a little bit tough at times because as people are aware you know managing your friends is not always the the most fun thing but for the most part most people that, that i play with are great so that part was it was actually extremely enjoyable so when the the news came out regarding some of the, challenge, not the challenges the atrocious terrible things that blizzard has been um i don't want to say accused of because it's more than an accusation <laughs> more than, yeah, the yeah. things that came yeah the things that came out um, regarding blizzard came out it was really tough and so I talked with my, my my younger brother who lives in, in another state. Um, I talked to him a lot because he, it was it's one of those things that allows me to connect with people who I don't who don't live within the same state as me anymore. So it was really tough for me to uh, also make the decision because at the end of the day, you know, it, it's something that he and I can do together, and it means a lot because I, I I really I'm very close to my younger brother. So um, I did I make a decision? It was. Really tough, because uh, realistically, this is, you know, 20-something of, 20-something-ish of 20 of my friends who are all doing this thing, and I'm basically, in a way, putting them in a really shitty spot, because I, am the, I was the glue that held a lot of it together, just to be completely frank in terms of, you know, some of the new people and also managing the rest of the people that were there. So it was really tough. Um, they are still going, so a, a lot of people did quit alongside me. Uh, not specifically for the same reason that I did, but just because they just felt like it was time for them so yeah it was it was a really tough decision and i will tell you blizzard could not have made it so much easier towards the end because <laughs> i canceled my subscription my my subscription expired and one of the guy who was taking over as the guild leader he needed me to to transfer something over to him so i had to resubscribe to my account for a couple hours to transfer stuff over to him so i did that and i emailed blizzard and i was like hey you know i sub for a you know i sub for a day i just needed to transfer something over can you guys cancel my subscription and, you know, prorate me, give me back, you know, whatever percentage you guys want to give me 75% of my monthly subscription. And they were like, Oh, we don't, we don't do that. Sorry. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Um, So here's an email from you guys a couple of years ago where you did this for me. You know, this is, you guys specifically prorated my subscription because I ended up quitting after a couple of days into a month. And they were like, yeah, we don't have the capability of doing that. I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. So can you escalate this, you know, whatever. up the chain i got an email from manager yeah it's not really something we can do blah 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 blah. so i just emailed the back i'm like listen i'm asking you guys for like 12 dollars. like this is this should not be a game-breaking deal like you know i've paid for 10 15 different games from diablo and starcraft to warcraft to wow i've had subscriptions on and off for you know 15 years um i think it's crazy that you guys won't do it but i just said you know Thank you guys for making it really easy to to break away from this because holy shit. Like, it's just embarrassing <laughs> that you guys won't give up the $12. And it's not even like, at this point, it's like, it's $12, right? But yeah. it's kind of a principle of the thing where it's just like, are you fucking serious? Like, you're, you're really going to be that much sticklers over $12. So right. I just emailed them back. I sent them a nice long email, basically a big middle finger via text. And I was just like, you guys, like, made it so easy. Like, thank you so much because I know, no matter what, I don't want to do anything to support you guys <laughs> at, at all. So...
1: Well, yeah. um, I mean, I, I know that was big cause that was, I mean, honestly, that's been kind of like a big part of your like downtime in life in general for a very long time. Uh, wow. yeah, off and on for sure. So, uh, I was, uh, I was impressed that you were like, cause I mean, it's, cause it's easy to say, oh yeah, obviously let's, you know, you should stop playing let's stop supporting them. But at the same time, the the other side of that is why should... This company's like dumbass actions. Uh, f- why should I have to stop doing something that I like just because they're being such yeah. fuckwads?
0: And what impact will it have? That that was one of the things that I was really struggling with as well.
1: Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um. So, but but I was impressed, given how big of kind of a thing this has always been for you, that uh that you made the decision just to drop it.
0: Yeah, I appreciate that. And Lisa Lisa was amazing through this. I mean, she was very helpful just kind of talking me through it and, you know, give me give me a lot of, a lot of feedback. Because, you know, I, I some people were very open to it to share with you. Some of my friends were really cool about it. And other ones, you know, they were a little bit more... Some of them are still kind of pissed off, just to be completely frank with you. So, mm-hmm. and like, you know, I get where they're coming from, but also it makes me a little bit sad because, you know, I feel like that's something... If, if one of my friends told me that, I would not bat an eye at it. Like, realistically, I had a lot of people that quit when we were playing over time. And, That just, if somebody messaged me and said, like, hey, you know, I got some real life stuff stuff going on, or I just don't want to contribute the time. Sure. Like, that's totally fine. Um, So I I was hoping that I would get the same sort of response from everybody. And for the most part, I did, but just not from everybody. Gotcha. Yeah. But I appreciate that.
1: Well, uh, so have you, so I know you've been trying out a couple other MMORPGs since you stopped that. Have you settled on anything yet? Have you found anything that you're like, I'm going to stick with this for a while?
0: No, to be yeah. honest with you. So I played uh, a number of MMOs. So I played, um, I played uh, BDO Black Desert Online, which is I don't I don't know if you know this. It's a fighting game, basically. It's a fighting game MMO. You do combos like a fighting game, and there's that. not a yeah. So that was um, that was very interesting to learn, and I tried it out. Not really my my cup of tea. There were certain things about it that were kind of cool. The combat um, is a little bit too flashy, where it it requires minimal sort of effort to do something really cool, which for me is not really my thing. I like to be the be at the helm of the control. And if if I'm if my character is going to do something pretty dope, I want to be the one that kind of triggers that. And the combos were just kind of like you basically just it, it, it's it's a uh, I, I believe it's um, cross platform or at least it's it's uh, capable of using a controller for it. Okay. So I think it's one of those things where it has to be simple enough to where somebody with a controller can do the flashy combos and stuff. It Just it didn't really entice me. The end game I read was very interesting, very grindy, and I like grindy MMOs, so um, that definitely definitely drew my attention. Uh, so video is was whatever. Um, I pl- I'm playing Guild Wars 2 off and on, still very fun. I'm enjoying, enjoying aspects of it. I played a shit ton of Guild Wars 1, which I'm actually going to talk about, uh, for part of the part of one of the games I played for this week. And that game has been very fun, very low population, so there's, there's not a lot there, and there's not really M- mmos for me there has to be a lot to do to where there's a variety of gameplay that keeps you intrigued um i played right. eso which was probably the worst mmo i've played wait
1: eso is elder scroll online oh elder scroll okay yeah, yeah
0: absolute dog shit oh my gosh it is so i i played it when it first came out and my first thought was this is a single player game in an MMO universe, which is one of my biggest complaints about a lot of different MMOs. Okay. And I felt like they missed the mark substantially. It is just not great. There's nothing for me, there was nothing redeeming about it. The combat, it, oh, it's cross compatible. So so one of the things we're, we're going to go down a rabbit hole. Hey, listen, you open the can of worms. I know. So, so one of my one of my biggest complaints with MMOs today uh, is, and, and this is actually one of my criticisms of Final Fantasy as well, is when they have cross compatibility, for me, I think it damages the quality of the product. And at ESO, I think it's like glaring. Uh, So because they have to make the game compatible, meaning, so like, if you think about it, if you have an MMO and if you're using mouse and keyboard, how many different key combinations would you be comfortable using? Probably somewhere in like the 40, 50, 60 range, roughly, right? Between your mouse and your keyboard and modifiers like shift, alt, and control. Okay, sure. So with a controller, how many different combinations could you do in the fly? Maybe thirty.
1: Okay. Maybe. Got yeah. 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 Right. Sure.
0: So, so for me, what they basically have to do is take the combat system and water it down. So ESO does this dramatically to a point where it's it's glaring. If you're playing on a PC, you only have like six or eight buttons, and it's one of those MMOs where it has the weapon swapping mechanic, where when you swap your weapon, your your uh, abilities change. Okay. But they don't do it in an interesting way, the way that Guild Wars Two does. Guild Wars Two, for me, I think is the closest to executing on that style of any MMO that I've seen. Um, I think they do it pretty damn well. I think ESO missed the mark by a lot. And what they're trying to do is capture the largest audience possible. Because again, MMOs cost you know, millions of dollars to produce and they have to get their, their money back. So it being cross compatible makes perfect sense. So ESO for me misses that mark. Final Fantasy, I think Final Fantasy is it does it well. The thing that irritates me about Final Fantasy is the 2.5 second GCD a gcd is a global cooldown so when you use an ability and actually i should clarify i don't know that it's exactly 2.5 seconds in Final fantasy but it is a substantially longer global cooldown than it is in wow and a lot of other the
1: cooldowns uh it varies per skill and in other things
0: well but the, the, the global cooldown is basically anytime you use an ability all of your abilities go on cooldown for a set period of time yes there are some exceptions to it, and I know there are certain abilities that are not affected by GCD as much as others, and there are certain abilities that actually amplify or change it. But okay. generally speaking, I did not like the way global cooldowns are managed in Final Fantasy. For me, it felt uh, egregious. It felt really long, and it for me it slowed down the combat style a lot. And as like okay. and and it just there were, there were certain things for me because when I think about like high high end PVE or high end PvP, I feel like it's going to be really hard for them to do it in a way that's going to be interesting to me.
1: Okay. So that. that was yeah, yeah, P- yeah. Final Fantasy PvP has has never been minor. Well, I played it once, and it was just like, mm, what? <laughs> and my understanding is it's never really been good, and they've never. I think they tried once to make it's it a little not bit better. Their focus. No, they've not at all. Definitely. Not at all. No, and,
0: yeah. and that's fine. Like I don't. I don't expect every game to have good PvP. There are very few games that have good PvP. To be honest with you, uh, WoW is is a glaring exception to to that rule. The right. the thing that the challenge that I challenge with with Final Fantasy is. The way my challenges or my my complaints with the uh, the combat system, for me, that will affect end game PB as well. I, I really like games that are extremely challenging, where you have to like theory craft and min max and you know do whatever you can yeah. so to be as effective as you can. And that game for me just doesn't doesn't allow for that. It's it's very refined, and I think for most people that is what they're looking for because most people aren't looking to invest a ton of time or. You know, get super. I, I get obsessed with things. Like I get, yeah. I, I get very into things for a very short amount of time, and, except for MMOs. And so for me, it was just kind of lacking on
1: that. Yeah, I, I think I, I understand. Uh, you know, with my l- limited knowledge of MMOs, I, I do know what you're saying because even though I don't, even though I haven't really experienced the other side of it, I, I do remember when you started playing Final Fantasy 14 like a month ago or maybe a little bit longer. I was, I was excited that you were playing it, but then I also kind of was thinking. I don't know if he's going to end up liking it because it really is not based on min maxing gear and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, that's just not what it's trying to do.
0: Yeah. And, and the thing too, I, this is my third time playing Final Fantasy. I've played it a few times in the past. Yeah, I yeah, played it when right. it first came out, really liked it. I played it after the first expansion came out. I enjoyed it. The challenge I have with it is, um, for me, I need an MMO that ha- that dips into multiple interests for me. So For like wow so wow is an example right so i can pvp and wow i really enjoy it i can do high-end arena i enjoy it i can high-end raid great i can explore the world you know i can go do stupid shit out in the world i can kill people whatever there's a lot of stuff also there's the auction house manipulation sort of the capitalistic viewpoint of it yeah yeah the the challenge for me is final fantasy doesn't really have a whole lot else for me there's a lot of like cosmetic stuff there's a lot lot of
1: of cosmetic stuff is kind of like the main thing outside of, you know, like doing the story quest. That's kind of like where where, you know, they don't go for, you know, f- finding crazy awesome gear. It's more like, yeah. you know, I want to make my gear look as cool as possible.
0: Yeah, and, and the way I word this and this is generally a very offensive word of my friend group is it is a more casual approach to an MMO. But it's it's not the most casual by any means. I think there's there it's it's more serious than than a lot of other MMOs I've seen. However, it's it's just missing a little bit more depth for me i think final fantasy is a good game it is just not just not the one for me gotcha um so that's yeah yeah oh by the way eso oh my gosh this, this was this was the deal breaker this was the alt f4 uninstall by the way so uh i was doing battlegrounds because i was like okay well at least it has pvp and they have structured battlegrounds so queue up for some battlegrounds what i find out is if you queue into a battleground i think the max level is 60 or 50 it doesn't really matter but Uh, if you queue to a battleground, I was like level 12 or 11, you play against people of any level. So I'd go into battlegrounds fighting against max level people with full gear. So I would walk into battleground, I would hit somebody and they wouldn't even notice that I was there. And (laughs) then they would turn around and sneeze and I would die. (laughs) And and I'm just like, in what fucking universe would you ever think that this is the right approach to, to do for PVP? Like, yeah. What like these people have eight times as much? And somebody said that they they added some level of normalization to it to make it a little bit more balanced. But I'll share with you very. I could not hurt people. I actually could not hurt people. Also, oh my gosh. Also, you know how you can sneak in Elder Scroll games? Uh. Like
1: you can,
0: yes. Yes. In PvP, if you sneak, it doesn't do anything. Like it doesn't give you backstab
1: sneak. or anything. Oh. <laughs>
0: You can still see. You. So I was sneaking up with this guy, and he just turns around, and it was like a fucking cartoon comic. Like, he just, like, turns around and just, like, looks at me, like, what the fuck is this guy do? And I'm just, like, walking around, crouched, like, wow, I thought this would give me some some relevance of, like, stealth so that I could sneak yeah, up yeah. on him. Nope. Just walked up to him like an idiot, and then he just killed me while I was crouched down.
1: It's like, uh, one of those cartoons where somebody hiding behind a bush, like, yeah. chaps, <laughs> sneak around carrying a bush in front of him. It was just so, it was so. It was,
0: I, I also had it at that point. I was just like, I went online and read, and people were like, "Yeah, it's one of the more ridiculous things." Like, <laughs> and the worst part is, is, they're so. Like, I feel like ESO is building a really strong cult following because I read about the reviews of it, and people are like, "Oh, they've done so many great things as of recent." And then when I read about what those things are, I can't find what those things are. So people okay. are raving about this game without any proper justification for it. Okay. So I just kind of scratching my head here, like, why? Why is this a thing? So, yeah. um, okay. so New World comes out here in, I want to say, two weeks or so. New World is Amazon's MMO. I'm probably going to give it a try with some friends. I'm not super keen on it. I It has a combat style that I'm not super thrilled about, but I think it's a game that I'll at least enjoy playing for a couple months. My heart is is dedicated to Ashes at this point. And managing the guild on WoW gave me some really good experience of how to manage a guild, uh, which I really appreciated because guild management is a big part of Ashes um so i'm definitely looking forward to that the i'm, I'm going to pre order ashes at a certain point and i will once i can start playing the beta which you can play alpha right now and my god dude the developers of this game like i would love to work for their company they they're just incredible like they they do once a month. They do like a three hour call, and it's just open forum where they basically just answer questions about the game. They share where they're at, what challenges they're experiencing, what things they're excited about. They show off a bunch of stuff, and they don't do this. This is one of my complaints about Steam, and I know you and I have talked about this. When you're looking to buy a new game on Steam, when you try to watch the preview or the the trailer for the game, and they don't show you combat, they just give you some like like BDO. If you ever want to, you ever want a prime example of this BDO. If you go on there, that's Black, Black Desert Online, by the way. If you go on there and you try and look at the combat, you just get a bunch of flashy videos and cutscenes. And I'm like, I don't care about this. Like, show me the game. Like, I'm not I'm not here right. to buy a cutscene. Yeah. Like, I'm here to buy the game. For ashes, they go hand, dude. They they just like log into the world. And if there's bugs, they're like, oh yeah, this is a bug. We're aware of this. Like, don't like we're working on this, blah, blah, blah. And they just keep going. And they 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 just play the game as it is. They talk about what they're really excited about. They show off the things they're working on and they answer questions for um for the fan base. Like I, I just I cannot circle jerk these people anymore or any harder. Like they <laughs> just are doing everything that I want. And they haven't knock on wood had any scandals so far. That is my one concern is that there's going to be some massive scandal of some kind.
1: Well, so, let's, let's keep our fingers crossed.
0: I know. So, but yeah, so that's a, uh, that's been kind of the MMO verse right now. I've been playing uh, a lot of other games as of recent, a lot of, a lot of single player games. So I'll talk about that towards the end of the podcast. Sure. Uh, but I've just been exploring and, and trying out different games
1: with people. So, awesome! But thanks for asking. <laughs> you're, you're welcome. Um, there. Uh, before we get to news, there's there's actually one thing that I wanted to say. Also, uh, a little bit of self promo here. Um, I'm very excited because I finally released some music of my cool. own. Uh, it's only one song so far. My plan is to release songs, one song at a time. I, I, I have a full album mapped out in my, well, not just in my head. I have it mapped out on paper, but I have a full album planned out and I'm releasing individual songs at a time. Um, I've got like another one finished about two more, about halfway done, but I, I finally released one about two weeks ago. Wow. And, uh, and so well i think actually what i'll do is i'm i'm just going to tack it on to the end of this episode so people can listen to it if they want to um but if you want to find my stuff I'll, and I'll go over this at the end of the podcast my uh the my artist name that i'm using is robot octopus because that sounds cool and if you just search for that pretty much anywhere where you, where you look for music um you'll you should be able to find it my, the the song that i released is called escaped and it's uh, kind of progish, ish kind of, kind of like instrumental prog rock uh, is, is how I would describe it. But, but well, I don't want to go too far into because we need to start talking about games, but I, but I, there's a, there's a little bit of a story element to it uh, that does not involve uh, singing or that does not involve me speaking in any way, but uh, what I have done is hired voice actors to kind of intersperse various lines of dialogue that I've written, uh, throughout, throughout the music. So it's a little bit different and it's really fun because I'm kind of getting to tell a story throughout, throughout the, throughout the songs. Uh, you kind of get like little hints of a story is, is kind of what it comes out to. So robot octopus, check it out. I'm, I'm really excited that I'm finally putting out some music, you know, I've been, playing for a while and yeah. i finally got to the point where i was like all right it's time to write some of my own stuff so I'll, I'll, like i said i'll tack that on to the end of the episode to the end of the episode so if anybody wants to listen to it uh you can just you can just listen to it here
0: that's awesome congratulations you, the way you're describing it makes me look, th- almost think like an opera of sometimes you know
1: what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah yeah oh that's cool i didn't yeah. really think about it that way but that is kind of kind of uh you know along the same lines sure um, That's awesome! Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. Uh, so, so stay stay around after the end of the episode, and uh, you'll get to listen to that. I'm obviously, uh, I'm, I'm pumped about it. Where does uh, King
0: Octavius come from? By the way, I'm sure you've told me this. King
1: before. Octavius comes from high school. Me and mm-hmm. one of me and one of my friends were just we were at a party, and you know we we're we were just being goof goofy idiots goofy. and <laughs> goofy. <laughs> we were like. When, like he like we used to always just do idiotically stupid and funny things, and he was like, "Hey, let's let's start uh, yelling out funny names." And one of the first things that came to my head was just King Octavius, <laughs> and uh, for some reason that stuck with me, and that was what. And so in high school, that was what I started using when we played games because I thought that was funny, and then it just kind of stuck uh, stuck with me.
0: Very cool. I was just
1: curious, uh, but let's talk, Let's talk about games. Uh, we'll talk about game news actually. Uh, I didn't have time to compile it. So I'm just flipping through my emails, looking at things that I emailed to myself. Uh, the Mist remake is out. So, uh, so that's, it's, it's basically missed and just remade. I mean, that's what, it's not a, uh, it's not an over, like a complete remade, overhaul, yeah. Um, well, I guess, well, I'm sorry. It is basically is a complete overhaul. It still follows the general mist format. I don't know okay. how, I don't know how close the puzzles are to the original puzzles, but it is free roam. It, it's not like slideshow style, like the original mist, but, uh, but that, but that's out. I think it's gotten like, okay. Reviews not great, but not, not, not bad either. Um, I think final fantasy four pixel Remaster is out. Uh yes it is Final Fantasy po- Final Fantasy Four Pixel Remaster is out um I haven't been he- hearing good things about th- well, okay I haven't been hearing bad things about these games I've been have I've been hearing weird things so the pic- Pixel Remaster series is you know the original Final Fantasy games that they're re releasing with like like in pixel format un- unlike you know how they did a 3d version of final fantasy three for ds for instance it's not that it is it is pixel remasters but they're also like tweaking them and doing weird stuff and two things one is the font which everybody has complained about and i finally looked at it one day the font looks ridiculous because they don't use the original font for some reason they use like a very high res font which looks really really stupid on top of 8-bit graphics uh, or 16-bit, whatever the case may be, depending on which one you're playing. Also, I heard—I don't know if this is true for all of them. I think this is true for all of them, but I only know for sure that it's true for the first one. It has diagonal movement. What? Isn't that, like, what? <laughs> Why? Why, would, Why? I mean, I guess the answer is like, so you can get places faster, but... That's, what? like, that's that would ruin the feel of it to me. Uh, like, it's just like... These games are not supposed to, have, you know, the, the 2D ones, you're not supposed to be able to move diagonally. That's just not what it is. It kind of, I don't know. It's it's, it sounds it's like a
0: hybrid almost, like an, an attempted hybrid, I should say.
1: I don't know if I'd go that far because it's still 2D and, you know, 8-bit or 16-bit graphics and all that, but. That's bizarre. It's it's kind of bizarre. Um, it, it it takes away from the from the feel of it being a classic game. Um, yeah, that's
0: kind of I was Not
1: not that there weren't classic games that did that, but just that you know, it, very notably, sure. the Final Fantasy games and basically any RPG did not have that. It was upright. Everything was like grid based movement. So whatever that game's out. Um,
0: <laughs> so whatever that game's out. Yeah,
1: collection of saga. Final Fantasy Legend, co- sorry, Collection of Saga, Final Fantasy Legend, is coming to mobile on September twenty second and Steam on October twenty first. Aren't these the uh, the Game Boy games?
0: I don't know. I don't recognize the name.
1: Like I- I've been very busy lately, so I haven't really been able to do a whole lot of research. Okay, yes, these are the Game Boy games that weren't that were not actually Final Fantasy games, but they just. Called them that uh, in the United States, so they could so they would sell better.
0: So for many,
1: yeah. Quake Remaster came out. It's supposed to be if you like Quake, it's supposed to be amazing. I don't really like Quake, so I haven't. I'm not very interested.
0: Uh, I, I was looking at. I saw an infograph this week. You know, like one of those like video graphs things where it like shows a a, a data it shows data over time, and it was the, yeah. it was the esports. It was, like, esports uh, winnings from, like, 2000 on based on game. Dude, CSGO from, like, 2000 to, like, 2010 was the front runner by, like, a substantial amount. I never knew that. I always thought that Warcraft 3 was the premier. Wait,
1: CSGO? I thought CSGO didn't oh, come out until, sorry. like, two- CS, sorry. CS oh, and then okay. into CSGO. Gotcha. Yeah, it was,
0: it was Counter-Strike into Counter-Strike GO were just the, like, the monsters when it came to prize winnings. StarCraft obviously held a candle to it for its peak for the four years or whatever it was. Sure, yeah, It was just crazy to me when you see how much money they're awarding. And then obviously Dota took over at a certain point and and ran with what they did. What's crazy to me as well is based on the data I was reading, Fortnite realistically hasn't been, like I assumed that Fortnite was the most dominant at a certain point and it really wasn't. Like I think it it peaked for a while, but it was never, and it was not as high as I thought it would be, I guess, with how big Fortnite is.
1: Yeah, I haven't, I mean, not that I keep up with it that much, but I haven't heard of many, oh, this is a big Fortnite tournament coming up, whereas, you know, I do hear about other stuff, like, like you said, like, especially Dodo, where they have, like, you, you know, like, yeah, they, they enormous do. prize TI. pools once a year. Yeah. Um,
0: I cannot believe nobody else has stolen that business model, by the way. It is actually, it's just crazy to me.
1: What, of, of? of TI,
0: the way they, the way they fund, the, uh, the way they fund TI.
1: Big, tur- big money tournaments?
0: Well, I mean, the, the way that Dota does it is they sell a bunch of in-game stuff, and a percentage of what is purchased goes towards the prize pool. And they have always superseded—not always, excuse me—they have superseded in a lot of years uh, compar- comparable games. And I've always found that to be I- incredible to me that, like, League, for instance, has never tried to mirror that that model because I feel like they could easily do that and drive up the prize winnings for their tournaments yeah. a lot.
1: Price so. Anyways. Um. And then the other thing is GOG has released some new uh, some new old games on their uh, website. Six Star Trek games. So, if you're into classic Star wow. Trek games, that's pretty awesome. Uh, let's see. Star Trek Voyager Elite Force. Star Trek Elite Force 2. Star Trek Hidden and Evil. Star Trek Starfleet Command 3. And Star Trek Bridge Commander. <laughs> um Then, outside of Star Trek stuff, they have released Grandmaster Chess, King's Table, The Legend of Ragnarok, and Theater of War. And then, actually, there's one more news thing. Uh, They've announced a Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic remake at a big PlayStation thing recently. Uh, My understanding is it is not PS5 exclusive. It is going to be on PC as well. But um, pretty big news, because... Kotor is a very well, a very loved oh, yeah. RPG, even among like people who aren't really Star Wars fans. Uh, it was fantastic in the day. I I would like to play it again soon. See how see how it holds up. I mean, I mean, I remember the story being really good, so I imagine it probably does hold up pretty well.
0: I've heard a lot of lot of praise for it, it recently, uh, especially with that announcement.
1: Especially. Yeah. So yeah, the announce. So they're they're doing a full remake of it, and. Uh, so obviously, a lot of people are pretty psyched about that.
0: the Well,
1: yeah. Okay, time to talk about the games we've been playing. Today, uh, today is day uh, day of the quarter <laughs> game of <laughs> game of the quarter day. We're going to talk game about Front Mission. This one was ultimately my uh, my turn. Uh, I, I came up with a few and told you to pick one and thank you and you went with front mission so we'll talk about that i would would like to save it for last and talk about our other stuff first um i'll go first this time i have one i have one other game besides this
0: you want to yeah we could if you want to rotate because i actually have two this week so if you want
1: to break it up so how are you saying we should do it
0: like if you want to go first and then i'll go with one and then you can go and then i can close this out because i have two games as well
1: i just have this one in front mission so you have oh, my apologies okay you have two plus front mission
0: Yes, I may... I'll, we'll see how we're doing on timing, because I may hold off on talking.
1: Of okay, all right. Then I'll go first, and you start going, and, we'll, and you can just decide based on how long you've okay. been. The, the The game that I played, besides Front Mission, is uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3. Oh, cool.
0: What a yeah. great soundtrack.
1: This one was... Um, uh, I think this was on my New Year's gaming resolutions this year. And this so this came out in 2001. This was the first Tony Hawk game that I ever played. Um, The game for me too,
0: actually, at least seriously, I guess.
1: Okay. So yeah, I had, uh, you know, heard about the series, of course, everybody was always talking about how awesome it was. And to me, I was just like, it's just a skateboarding game. I don't really, I don't really care. You know, I'm not really that interested, but 2001 was the year that I went to college and (laughs) I was hanging out in one of my friend's dorm rooms and he was playing it. And I was like, oh, man, this actually looks kind of sweet. I gave it a <laughs> shot. <laughs> so I played it for a minute. And then I instantly realized, like, why everybody why everybody loved it so much. It was uh, so fun, like, doing, like, not learning the tricks, but kind of, like, nailing tricks and seeing how well you could chain them together and going mm-hmm. all over, like, the levels and finding places where you could do jumps and rail slides. Is that what, that's what it's called, right? Rail slide?
0: Uh, rail writing?
1: Real grind, yeah, grinding, yeah, real grinding.
0: We're so old, we're so old. (laughs) Somebody's out there like screaming at us right now, and all that,
1: all that kind of stuff. Um, stuff. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, and I, I did play the fourth one also when it came out. Out of those, those were the only two I ever played, and three was my favorite one. So uh, I gave it another shot, and. I did not love it as much, but yeah. but it was still a very good game, and I can still recognize all the things that it does great. It's just, I don't know exactly why I wasn't feeling it as much, because there was not a lot where I was like, oh, I don't like this, I don't like that. Like I really liked everything. It's just, Maybe I just wasn't necessarily as much in the mood for it as I thought it was. I'm not really sure.
0: But Did you do a lot of free skating, or did you do the campaign?
1: Uh, I did mostly the campaign, like where you go through the levels, and it's like, all right, here are your goals. Like, it gives you like 10 goals to do. And when you get a certain number of cumulative goals, then you unlock, you know, additional levels. Uh, that's- yeah,
0: the, the, the complaint for me, because I, I played a lot of games the last couple of years here, the, the two challenges for me with that one was one, the timer. Yes. Set a time, which is so obnoxious. And then the fact that you couldn't hop off your skateboard and walk around. Because sometimes you're just like trying to talk to somebody or interact with whatever the quest quote unquote uh, yeah, is. Oh, yeah. Yep. And you can't because you're just like going in circles. You're, you're like, going in circles. Top, and you bump the wall. And <laughs> yes. You're like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's exactly. You're just going. You're trying to. Skate right up next to him, but you're a little off to the side. So you try turning, but you turn too wide. Yeah. So you end up just going in circles around him. You just you do, do a manual. It. You're
0: like, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna <laughs> do a manual, and I'll get close to them."
1: <laughs> That's exactly right, and the and the timer too, which I understand yeah. why they have it because some because every level has a goal of get this many points. So they need a time limit, you know, for you to get that many points within. Otherwise, uh, you know, anybody could get any number mm-hmm. of points, but. It could have been, you know, they could have said, get this many points within three minutes and then had a timer that doesn't necessarily end the level. That would have been the way to do it. Uh, it's like, you know, if the timer goes off, then you can't, you know, then you're cut off on that, on the score, um, like goals
0: or whatever. Yeah. yeah.
1: But it would really be nice to not because, yeah, it's like two and a half minutes, right? Two and a half or three minutes, maybe.
0: Yeah. Makes sense.
1: And uh, so you only get to skate around for three minutes before you got to start the level over. And there's loading screens and stuff like that in between. So that is a bit of a pain, Uh, especially when you're just trying to explore the level to kind of figure out where is where, because some of the levels are fairly big and it'll say like, you know, go talk to this guy and help him out in some way. So first you got to find where the guy is and he's like, oh, I lost my keys. And so you're supposed to go find his keys or something. Uh, This this is just an example. I, I can't even remember. This might be a real one, but I could just be making this up. Um, so then you got to figure out where those keys are and then like get them back to it. like all that kind of stuff takes much longer than just one, uh, three minute run, you know, allows mm-hmm. you for, unless you just get really lucky on finance stuff. So those were, yeah, those were my two biggest complaints and, and probably maybe even my two only complaints. Cause really everything else, they kind of nail the, uh, the levels are all Well, most of them are pretty cool. Like some of them, like, I think the first level is kind of boring or one of the first ones. It's like, it's just like an indoor skate park is all it is is skate ramps and stuff. But then you get stuff like the, uh, the foundry where they're, where they're pouring like molten metal to make whatever it is they're making. And there's like water bins and stuff. And like, there's one guy where you have to skate by him and like hit him. So he falls in the water and then there are moving things that you're supposed to grind on to get to, to, to unlock achievements. Uh, that one was cool. I, I remember I didn't play this one much this time, but the I always really liked the airport level. was really fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, That's right. There's outdoor levels where you're kind of in a little neighborhood that, that are cool. Like they did a, a great job of giving of, cre- of giving you a wide variety of levels, and, and not just a wide variety, but cool stuff within the levels. All, all the levels seem to have kind of unique stuff for you to grind on, or jump off of, or you interact do, with. Yeah, interact with, do flips on, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Um, fantastic job on that, and the I haven't even really I haven't even talked about the actual gameplay yet. So the way you're getting points and, and stuff like that is you're doing is you do tricks. And say you jump straight up, say, say you're like on a, one of the ramps, kind of like a half pipe type type ramp, whether it's a hat, whether it's an actual half pipe or something in the environment that just acts exactly like a half pipe, you jump it and go straight up. And then there are various button combinations where you can press like, you know, A and down, A and up, B and up, B and down. And all those do different tricks, or you can even uh, turn to the side and see how many turns you can do and try to land it without landing sideways and busting. Then you can chain tricks together, so you could do a jump, and then when you get to the bottom, do a manual where it's just you, like, on the front wheel of your skateboard, and then, like, go a little ways on that, and then jump up and, and do a rail ride, and when you're riding on rails, the, 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 the skill there is there's a little kind of meter type thing that you have to keep balanced. There's a kind of a needle and it'll go off to the left or right a little bit. And you have to kind of like tap to the left or right to, to get it to go back to the center. And if it goes too far off either side, then you fall off. And and the longer you do a rail ride, then the, then the kind of the more erratic it gets and the harder it is to keep the needle in the middle. There's those that you can also just do straight up, like jump over stuff and do a trick in the air. Um, I think those, those are kind of the main ones and the more you chain them together, it, every time you do, every, every time you add a new trick to a chain without stopping in between, it uh it adds a multiplier. So if you do two tricks, it, it's the whole time you're you're ranking up points. It's giving you points for doing this or that. But then if you add another trick, as your points are going up, then it will multiply it by two. If you do a third trick that's chained together, then while your points are still going up, then it adds to three. So you'll get huge multipliers where it's like 30 times, you know, like 10,000 points. Um, and if you crash without just stopping and landing it, then you lose everything and you don't get any points for it. So it becomes this really, honestly, really fun game of risk and reward where you're like, oh shit, am I going to try to get, what? Am I gonna, do I want to chain one more <laughs> out of the end of this? If I want to go from 30 times 10,000 to 31 times, you know, ten, you know, like t- 11,000 maybe, you know, however many points, more points I get from doing one more trick, you know, plus the additional multiplier. And uh, there are so many times where I would get too greedy and wipe out and just get nothing. I would have, you know, points where, you know, the the number one goal for this level was to get 60,000 points within three minutes. And I would have like, 100,000, but still get too greedy. Be like, no, just one more. And then I would wipe out and lose all of it.
0: Oh, uh, the worst.
1: Yeah. So that is really fun that the way uh, that they did that. Um, and, and they do have pretty cool, uh, a good variety of not just levels, but of missions within the levels. So they have the points. They have, uh, they also have, letters that spell skate throughout every level. Yeah. Um, so if you get like, if you find the S and the K and the A and the T and the E, then that's, then that's a mission that you unlock. Um, then there's ones where I said, like, there's ones where you're like, you got to dunk this guy in the water or go help this guy. find his keys or whatever, or do a, a rail ride. I'm the <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do a rail ride on this particular rail. Um, you know, call uh, sh- oh, there's one where a guy where it's cold outside and the guy has his tongue stuck to a pole and you have to get his tongue unstuck by i think like just like, the pole or something yeah something like that so uh really very good game for me personally i i i played it for a few hours i was like yeah this, this is cool but i'm kind of done um it didn't have the same draw that it used to i honestly don't know that really really might just be me cuz i don't i only have i almost have only positive things to say about it Um, Oh, and the character creation is really good, too. I forgot about that, yeah. Yeah, you you make your own guy. And, like, I had... uh, My guy had uh, a hat on that made it look like his brain was exposed. And then, like, goofy shoes and, like, you know, funny-looking sunglasses. Funny-looking sunglasses and all that kind of stuff. I remember on uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 4, the guy that I had, all he had was a metal mask on his face a plain white t-shirt and no pants, (laughs) but yeah. So the, the character creation was, was really cool. And, uh, really the game itself is, is, I I feel like even though I didn't have a ton of fun with it, I do feel like more objectively, it does hold up really pretty well.
0: How's the soundtrack?
1: Oh, the soundtrack is, is very good as it was. On all these, I, I always used to use my own library on the Xbox. You could burn your oh, CDs God. into the Xbox and and you could replace the soundtrack with your own stuff. And that was what I always used to do on these games. Um, but yes, these sound. Oh God, and I'm now I'm trying. I can't remember who is on it, but it's a it's a solid variety of late 90s, early 2000s rock and alternative rock uh, yep. and, and punk, punk, of course, too. Um, but I can't remember any of the upload up here. Uh, JCDC's
0: just... is on there. CKY is on there. Okay. Um, I just remember like, because the one of the, one of my complaints about that game is whenever you start playing it, you, the soundtrack always starts from the very beginning. So you generally heard the first four or five songs more <laughs> oh, yeah. than the rest of the soundtrack, obviously. And that drove me fricking bananas at times.
1: The Ramones are on here. Motorhead is here. A bunch of people, honestly, that I haven't heard of or that I didn't remember. Rollins Band. Um, But you know what was funny? And actually, now that I say it, I'm pretty sure they had the thing where you could put your own music on the third one. I know it had it on the fourth one. I I think it had it on the third one, but I could could be wrong. It might have just been the fourth. But either way, it did the same exact thing when you used your own music. It randomized it, but it randomized it the same way every time. So you're so it was the exact same thing. You're always listening to the exact same th- songs in the same order. So for me, I think it was like "Welcome to the Jungle." Baby was the first yeah. one that it played every single time. Yep. I mean, I'm not a huge ACDC
0: person too. So like that that song for me was like every time I come on. Well, that's not that's
1: not that's not ac You're thinking of something else. Oh,
0: sorry. There, there there's an ACDC dc song that's like the first two or three on there,
1: isn't there? Uh. I don't remember it very hilarious. well. Very oh, well. well could be. Uh it looks like they were on the fourth one.
0: Okay. Yeah, so it's pretty early in the uh
1: track list. Uh, TNT was their song on the on the uh Yeah, not, the fourth not one. a
0: huge
1: of that song. Yeah. I'm not big the into ACDC. I mean they they they're, 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 oh, they're, they're, they're cool. No, they're I mean they're cool, but I'm just not like a huge fan. So that's what I got for Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3. Why don't you talk about something?
0: Sure. Let's talk about something. So um, as I kind of talked about earlier when we went through the MMO segment, I've been playing a lot of Guild Wars 1, uh, which, by the way, was an absolute pain in the ass to get my account back. Oh, my God. ArenaNet, please. I beg of you. Uh, Oh, you used your
1: same old account? I did. Well I have to pay for it
0: because it's thirty dollars. It's thirty dollars. And I was like, do I really want to pay thirty dollars for a game that I might not want to play? I was like, eh, not really. So I reached out to them and I'm like, hey, uh, I used to have a Arena account. Like, here's all the details. Of what questions can I answer for you? Uh, the email address associated with it is no longer valid. It's gone. It's it, it it they the company who owns the email address is no longer in existence. They haven't been around for like twenty years because this game came out in the early two thousands. So I email them and I tell them this, and their response is, can you please reach out to the email provider and ask them to open your email address back up? That's that's the response back. (laughs) I sent them this like really long form, nice email. I broke it out to make it very clear what I need from them. And they just responded back with And so I'm just Good luck with that. I'm like so frustrated. So I'm like, okay, listen, so I get, you know, I respond back and I'm like, hey, here, here as I said before, I can't do that. Here's why you know, whatever questions I can answer for you, let me know, I'm happy to do it, blah, 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 blah. They come back, um, we're gonna ask you to, to reach out to your email provider. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna need you to escalate this to anybody else in your company because apparently you can't read. Um, I don't have the ability to do that. That does not exist, that's not an option. I had a Guild Wars 1 account, it doesn't work. And as well, my Guild Wars 2 account isn't working because for whatever reason, they keep failing to merge my old, um, or my Guild Wars 2 account with the new email address. And I said that to him again. I said, I'm asking for two things. I need my Guild Wars 1 account back. I need you guys to merge my my Guild Wars accounts together because I need them both. And so they emailed me back really uh, frustrated. I'll say it that way. They were definitely not super thrilled to hear from me again, (laughs) which I'm not trying to be like, oh, be scared of me. But it was just so freaking frustrating, man. So they finally fixed it. And I'm like finally okay. so um, it, it's just crazy to me because I know they're hurting for, for player base so I'm like why the fuck would you not do a better job of managing this system because realistically I almost gave up and it's like I actually I'll be honest with you I probably spent 20 to 25 hours over the last couple weeks playing Guild Wars 1 and Guild Wars 2. So I'm just like really frustrated with Net. because I'm like guys I'm trying to play your game and you guys are making it really really hard. So Got my accounts back, uh, and I, I played a lot of Guild Wars 1. So, Guild Wars 1 is a very unique approach to MMO, as I've shared before on the podcast. This game came out in the early 2000s, and it was a game that was in place. The idea was, it, I think it came out in like 2003, 2004, actually. Let me look at my specific dates. But the idea of it was, sorry, I'm going to the date because I want to see exactly what it was. 2000, 2005. Yeah. So, Part of part of um, the motivation for Guild Wars One, because I played the beta for it way back in the day, and I enjoyed it. I, I've shared that that experience in the podcast before. One of the the things that they were working on is they wanted to address a lot of the negative feedback that was going on with a lot of MMOs at the time, uh, and they did that to some extent. But they, from my perspective, it they tried too hard to go against what the meta was and failed to do something great. If gotcha. that makes any yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, uh, and again, and one of the things that I want to jump back on from our prior conversation about MMOs, I don't really care for stories in MMOs. I don't really care for stories that much anymore, to be honest with you, in most games. But especially for MMOs, it just doesn't do anything for me. I think it's something that ends up taking away from the rest of the product, and I wish that um, they had spent more time on other features. Guild Wars 1, not a, a massive story, but there's definitely a story that's tied to it. So, Guild Wars 1, why is it a unique approach? So you make your character, um, there's one of like six to eight different characters or classes you can make, and you can make like a Mesmer, which is kind of like an anti-mage, if you will. There's like a mage, there's a cleric, uh, blah, 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 blah. There's dedicated dedicated healers in this. In Guild Wars 2, there are not dedicated healers. That's why I'm I'm calling that out specifically. So when you make your character, you make a warrior, whatever you want, you have to eventually choose a subclass. So you can be like a warrior necromancer, a warrior archer, a ranger, whatever it's called. Um, You could be a warrior mesmer, you could be a mesmer cleric, you could be whatever you want, realistically, but you pick a primary class and then a a secondary class that, realistically, you only get to pick from those general abilities, and there are certain other features that you get for doing so. So cool, right? So I chose to be, I am a um, mage cleric right now because I'm playing predominantly solo, realistically, because not a lot of people play this game. But okay. one of the cool things about guilders, one is they are there are bots that you can bring with you on missions. This game is very mission-driven, so you do need other people in order to be successful and to complete missions. Mm-hmm. And realistically, if you don't have enough people, doesn't matter how good you are, you will not be able to do it. Hmm. So when the game starts out, you basically go through and do these different types of missions where you basically will go to a specific area, you hit enter mission, and then there's like a goal that you have to accomplish. You know, you have to kill somebody, you have to free somebody. Whatever it is, you have to do certain things in order to progress. And really, and so you go between the two modes of gameplay really are you're doing these formed missions where you get put into an instance, instanced area, meaning your own unique area. You do the mission, succeed or fail, and then you move on. The alternative is there's a open world aspect of it. I say open world very lightly, but you can basically go out in the world and there are a certain number of quests that you can do and you can interact with the world. Now, one of the things I really like about Guilders 1 is it's pretty fucking difficult, to be honest with you. If you are not built properly, if you are not playing your character properly, you will die. And when you die, you get a debuff that reduces your overall um, resource pool and your overall health, and it stacks. And you can get it back by killing mobs over time, but realistically, if you get too buried under this debuff because it stacks, you will have to go back to town and reset it. And when you go to town, you lose any progress you had in the missions and in the open world aspect. So if you have to do that, generally not a good sign. So you, and and there's some pretty cool stuff about it in regards to like exploring the open world. um, There's a very good crafting system in the game. You can salvage items throughout the game. You get basic and advanced resources. You can then ultimately craft armor, which costs a lot of money. And then you can ultimately enchant the armor using runes. There's a nice crafting system to it. And I will say one of the things I appreciate about this game is currency is not plentiful, which I really like. I like games that are grindy, that require a certain amount of dedication and planning in order to have enough wealth to actually build armor and to do other things in the game. I've always really appreciated that. For me, it helps to promote the idea of character growth, whereas if you get spoon-fed things or if people can buy it with real money, it takes away from the overall quality of the experience. So I really appreciated that. Uh, So I've been playing through the game, uh, the max level is 20, I'm 13 right now, and I am pretty darn far into the story. I am enjoying it quite a bit. I will say it's getting a little bit repetitive and redundant at times, because basically what I'm doing right now is I do the mission quest for that specific area, and then I go back to that area and I do the free-form open-world quest, and then I go to the next zone and I just kind of rinse and repeat. Some of the mobs are cool, but generally my character has hit a stagnant point for a while, where there's not really any new abilities that I that I have or that are interesting to me that are gonna make me more powerful or or that interest me at all. And I think they're they're partially that's due to me playing with bots and I have to have certain abilities in order to support the bots, because the bots aren't perfect. They're not they're not amazing. And so the bots are things like a cleric, a tank, a ranger, whatever you want. You basically can take a certain number of people with you, and then you go out and do these missions um, and these quests. So what is cool about this game is you have eight buttons on your hotbar, I think it's eight, roughly. Uh, and you basically can mix and match between the two classes that you choose, the primary and the secondary. So, and and, and what's very interesting about this game, and I love this from a development and stand, uh, uh, development and, and balance standpoint, is that the different abilities can and will, in a lot of cases, synergize with each other. And there's some very intricate synergies that exist. So, one of the abilities I have, uh, which is an, an enchantment, it's basically like, like a buff that I put on myself when I cast it my any spells i cast while that buff is up i heal for a percentage of that ability oh that's cool right so as a mage, it allows me to sustain myself as i'm doing different things and what what's exciting about it is you have stat points that you put into your abilities so if i put stat points into the category that that ability is uh based off of so like i think it's called like storage and regen or something then that ability gets stronger And so, for instance, that ability, the percentage that I get healed goes up. So right now it's at 300%. So if I cast an ability that costs 5 mana, I heal for 15, right? Pretty darn cool. But what's more exciting about it is as I have higher level abilities that are more expensive, it scales even more. So if I cast Firestorm, which costs 15 mana, well, I heal for 45. And that's a lot, right? Because my max health at level 13 is like 300. And level 20 is the max level. So you think I might get like four or 500 health. So I'd still be healing for roughly 10 to 15% of my health. Pretty damn cool. I also have an ability that uh, reduces the mana cost of my next two abilities to zero. So I can pop that and cast my two biggest abilities and heal myself for a shit time. Really cool synergies, right? And I found this out very early. I just was kind of exploring. I'm a fire mage, by the way. So there's fire, there's air slash lightning, there's geomancy, kind of, and then there's frost. I found fire to be the most effective because it does the most damage, and realistically, damage is really crucial in the the world. All the mobs, which I love by the way, are assigned classes, and they're not shown. It doesn't say like, you know, this type, this mob is a Mesmer or Necromancer. You just start to feel it out. And so the mobs are all the classes that you know and love throughout the game. Therefore, they have the positives and some of the really challenging things that they do. So for instance, the Mesmer, which is the Anti-Mage, the Mesmer doesn't really do direct damage. It does things like Conjure Phantasm, which puts a uh, a dot on you that just does substantial damage over the course of something, or hmm. Imagine Burden, which basically slows you down. There's also one, I don't know the name of it, but it's called, essentially it's a counter spell, and the next spell you cast, it locks that spell for 10 seconds and you take a bunch of damage. So you basically have to watch to make sure if somebody casts it on you and the mobs do this, your next ability, you basically want to delay and just kind of stand there and wait for it to expire before you do it. Because otherwise, you're just going to kick yourself in the teeth. There's also one called Backfire that they do, where every time you cast a spell for a certain period of time, you take damage. So if you, that has happened to me. That was the first time I died. I was talking to somebody and I got backfire. One of the mobs cast Backfire on me. And then I just lit something up and just died. I was like, what the hell happened? And I looked <laughs> and I like, oh shit, I killed myself. Oops. So over time, uh, being a mage necromancer, or excuse me, a mage cleric, I have found certain synergies, but realistically, I've gotten to the point where I have roughly six abilities that I love, and the last two are just kind of like, eh, they're okay. Like, they're, they're okay. One of them I need, the other one it just I kind of rotated around, and I haven't really found anything interesting. And it's been like that for a while. So probably oh, really? the, about half my character now, I've had a set amount of abilities and are not really doing anything else. And my stat points are just going into fire magic at this point because the rest of them just really aren't that impactful. And realistically, my abilities are slightly scaling well enough with the level of the mobs that I'm encountering at this point. So it's basically like I'm just playing a game of catch-up that I'm never going to catch up on. And I don't hmm. feel like I'm getting a lot stronger and the abilities I'm not getting are, are that interesting. Like There's just not that much that is it, it is interesting from a character development standpoint. And it's a little bit disappointing at this point, um, which is... It's whatever, I mean, I'm still kind of playing through it and having fun with it and doing some of the new missions, but at at the end of the day, I'm probably gonna reach a point where my character's gonna plateau pretty hard, and I'm not really looking forward to that too too much. Uh, In terms of scenery, the game starts out really beautiful and you're in this, sorry, I'm trying to lose my voice a little bit. you, you, you go to this city called Ascalon, which is this, you know, happy-go-lucky town, and there's a lot of, like, really cool, positive things that are happening in this town and blah, 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 blah. Well, ultimately, the Char, which are essentially the villains of this, of this game, um, they blow up the city. It just gets absolutely annihilated. Spoilers, by the way. And then you go into what's called Old Ascalon, which is basically you are, uh, let's say a year later, I think, you are basically interacting with Ascalon after it's been destroyed. So you're basically going through the remnants of a destroyed city, which is really dark, and it's it's a lot of browns and greens, and you know a lot of fire and shit. And then you get out of there, and you make it up into what's called the Axe Bend, which is this beautiful snowy area full of dwarves. Love it, absolutely beautiful area. Um, a lot of cool quests there. The snow is a nice, and very nice change because you're so accustomed to this, you know, rundown, lots of browns and greens and fire type area. That's not that great. Once you get out of the snow area, you get into the jungle, and then from the jungle, you get into the desert. There's a nice variety of scenery. You don't get stuck. I will say, Ascalon, you get it, you're there for a while, but the rest of the areas, I've been really impressed with the timing because it feels like you're there for, in my opinion, the right amount of time. It's not over ill. Um, trying to think what else? Um, sound effects, music are pretty darn good. I will say the music gets a little redundant at times. But when the music picks up during like combat and stuff, it's pretty, pretty appealing. It's it's not bad, especially for an MMO. Uh, the graphics are obviously very old, so there there's some challenges there. But it, it definitely it holds up for me. I'm not as critical of graphics as a lot of people, but I definitely appreciate uh, the approach that they have with it.
1: So now, you um, so you liked it overall, but it feels like it's starting to wear off.
0: Yeah, it's it, it's still very good. Like it is, it is something I wanted to play for the game of the quarter, as I kind of shared with you before, because I thought it'd be really fun to play with a group of four people consistently. I still do believe that I think it would be pretty fr- darn darn fun to do as a group. But I definitely think that there are certain things that um, that would be that I think would get tiresome for a lot of people. So, but I think as a group, it might be a little bit more fun because class diversity and we could be a little bit more synergistic with what we're doing. Okay uh otherwise it is i will say it exceeded my expectations i thought that i was going to be it was going to be a very short-lived experience for me i thought that uh this was going to be something that i was going to get bored of pretty quickly and so far that has not been the case and i i'm actually having quite a bit of fun with it i am bummed that i can't play another class because i would definitely like to do that so
1: so is this what you're picking for game of the quarter or are you just saying you would like to at some I point
0: know. i kind of want to talk to you about it i mean okay. I, I was thinking about it I mean, it's something that, that we had talked about before i think it'd be very fun to do if we had a group of three or four people i know i, I would be I, I would be very surprised if lisa wouldn't want to play with us so we definitely could have three people doing it but um i think at a certain point i, I would ask you to, to maybe look at it a little bit to see if it's something you're interested in well let's uh because
1: let's yeah. talk let's talk about well we we can go ahead and figure you want figure it out now we can do to. My thought. I I will do this. I would. So it's your it's your choice. Ultimately, sure. first off, I would uh, prefer to do this maybe for your next one. Excuse me. Because of how, just how busy I am outside of podcasting currently right now.
0: That's a fair point too, because one of the things uh, it does take a decent time commitment, and the the missions, by the way, when you start them, you can't stop partway through. So when we sit down to oh, play, geez. we can't. Yeah, and they're, they're not long; like they're not like hours and hours and hours. They're like 30, 45 minutes. Oh, okay, I that's know. not too bad.
1: That's like a that's like a, uh, like a not dungeon f- dungeon. And yeah, Fantasy. basically a dungeon. Yeah, Final Fantasy. Yeah,
0: yeah. So and and, and so they're not, they're not like extremely lengthy or anything, but it, it it is something to take into consideration. So.
1: All right, well, you keep thinking about it over the next, I don't know, 15 minutes or however long until we sure. <laughs> until we have to decide. Do you want to talk about your other game, or do you want to save it and go on to Game of the Quarter?
0: Um, I'm gonna save it going to save it and go on to Game of the Quarter. I think we're, we've obviously we've had a couple of different conversations about different things today, so I'm going to hold off for right now if that's cool with you. Okay,
1: yeah, that's fine, however you want to do it. Cool. So Game of the Quarter, as everyone should know, is Front Mission. Front Mission came out originally to uh, have it written down. Nope. It was a uh, uh, 1995, I think 1995. That sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, for super famicom, it did not get a uh, release in North America. It did eventually, however, get a port onto the DS. And I think it was ported onto a bunch of stuff, but
0: yeah, PS One as well. mistaken
1: Okay. Uh, the version I played. Uh, did you play the? D- Do you know which which version did you play? I did the SNES version. Oh, okay. So you played what, like a fan translation? Exactly. Okay. Yeah.
0: So the it DS took me some time to find, by the way.
1: Oh, did it? Yeah. <laughs> the DS version is essentially the. It's essentially just a direct port. It's exactly the same, of course. It's in English. The only difference is it uses the uh, like the second screen for. Whereas in the, in the original game, so it's a tactics game. So when you go to like, you know, you control your people on the map, when you fight somebody, it cuts to a different scene with, uh, with that shows them fighting each other. This would just, instead of cutting away, it would just use the second screen for that. And it also used the second screen for like the options menu and stuff like that. So basically the exact same game, just utilizing the second screen instead of cutting away in certain places.
0: Advanced wars, if you will.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. um, and uh, yeah, so it, it is a tac- it's a mech based tactics game, uh, tactics strategy RPG. So
0: and you- it's Square too. I, I didn't realize it was Square going into it. Maybe you said that before.
1: Oh yeah, no, I don't think I mentioned that. Yes, Square Enix made it. Uh, or I guess they were Square Soft at the time. Yeah, I think you're right. And um, so so the so it's. I don't even remember much about the story, about the story. I played this actually fairly early on in the quarter. So some of the details may be hazy to me and you correct me if I say I anything that's wrong.
0: I played it recently. So if you, if you're okay, why don't
1: you help. go ahead and talk about it a little bit. Sure.
0: So, so the, the main, main story of the game is you are playing as a character named Lloyd, um, who is, uh, in the military, he's a commander in the military and his, fiance apparently reports to him, which is really fucking
1: weird. <laughs> I like. do not even remember that.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was really bizarre. Well, it, it happened. It, I mean, she's all, she's a very short-lived character. So, spoilers, she gets killed at the very beginning. They're they're part of a, a group called, like, the OCU. I forget what it is. But it's basically a segment of the military. They're not supposed to be in this territory. They are. They get ambushed. And it's like top secret, watches. right? Yeah, like top secret. And, and, he, and Lloyd is a, he has a group of four people that he's working with. And essentially, um, his fiance dies, and then you fight the dude and his group that kills the, your fiance. Um, he ultimately escapes, and then the game kind of kicks it off. He goes into hiatus. The Lloyd goes into hiatus for a year or so, and then ultimately. He gets picked back up into the military uh, because I don't remember why. And you start getting introduced to some of the more... You get introduced to a broader sense of characters and the whole point of the story is basically getting vengeance on... The guy's name is Driscoll. I remember specifically because <laughs> uh, of uh, Final Fantasy X there's a character uh, named Driscoll okay. I think. Okay. Mistaken, so it kind of stuck out to me. But Driscoll is ultimately the the bad guy of the early game. I don't know if he ma- maintains being the bad guy uh, throughout the entire game though.
1: Okay. Uh, that's... I didn't pay much attention to the story. Uh, I mean, I did, but I, I, it wasn't anything like I was like, "Oh shit!" Like we got some good storytelling. Like,
0: base combat, let's go.
1: Yeah, make base combat. Let's go. Um, so you are basically, eventually, you're leading like a group of other people in mechs, and every fight is y- you guys in mechs versus other versus bad guys in mechs. And I don't know. Are <laughs> You tell me what you think. I was very bored by this game i was yeah. so bored by this game the
0: combat is literally just a matter of hitting a repeatedly. <laughs> it is so it, 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 well, what really frustrates me is i i played the game and or excuse me i read reviews and people are like this is a really great game like definitely definitely holds a, a good candle to tactics based games i'm like oh sweet and people like if you like tactics you're gonna love this game i'm like the uh the meme from wwe where he's, he's just like leaning back like oh like you said exactly <laughs> what i want to hear like AOP He's just freaking out more progressively,
1: game. freaking out each time, leaning yeah, back in his yeah, chair. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so I was like, okay, cool. So then the combat <laughs> in this game is a very watered down or execution oh, of, of a tactics based game. Um, I, I don't even know how to explain it other than like, realistically, <laughs> well, you, do, you, go ahead. I go can
1: ahead. do, I can explain it just walk, just get as many people surrounding a bad guy as you can and shoot him a hundred thousand times before he dies. (laughs) Like, so there's very little tactics involved. The only tactical things involved are some tiles give you like a 10% cover bonus.
0: I didn't even notice that.
1: Um, I, some, uh, there are some places where like you might want to stand next to a building so they can't get a full surround on you. And then, you when you fight somebody you choose one of two weapons to use to attack them with um, and like <laughs> that's basically it. it oh my god like it takes so many hits to kill one guy like they are just sponges and then you're fighting you know sometimes like seven guys one guy might take 10 or 12 attacks to kill so, you know, if you have five guys on your team, that's two full rounds plus another half a round, and then you still have six more guys to kill. Like, did you have that same experience yeah. where they just like, w- just like very, like whittle away little bit by little bit over like 45 minutes to, 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 to finish a battle?
0: Yeah. The mobs have, uh, so basically all the, the mech units have four life bars. They have their, their body, their legs, and then their left and right arm. Um, is essentially so you're basically every mod has four life bars so you're basically working through four different life bars and certain and certain ones if you crush like their body i think they just die i don't think you have to burn down the rest of them yeah and you but don't have
1: you, control over what you're aiming at
0: correct yeah you basically just like fire into them and then sometimes you'll hit the spots you want to and other times other times you won't which actually most of the time in my experience you you, you won't <laughs> right so Um, Yes, and you're basically just, and and by the way, my god, your characters and the enemy miss way too much in this game. Mm -hmm. Like, Why is your accuracy so slow? Maybe maybe it ramps up over time, but I was just like, I would attack somebody and I'm like, well, this person, it's going to take me like four or five hits to kill. Oh, I missed. Okay, there's another hit that I have to do in order to get this guy. Oh, I missed again. Oh, he missed me. Oh, great. We just wasted a bunch of time. Nobody did anything this round.
1: And then it does a every time, like you said, it does a fire emblem style cutscene, which just makes it take even longer. So yeah. I don't need to see Did you. Him turn sh- up the speed? I I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't remember.
0: So so the the base speed ready for this is high.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: So I was like, oh, I'm gonna go check the settings to see if I can like turn the speed.
1: So so it's can, on high. So you I'm can like, only. There's a slower version. So you can only turn it down. <laughs> yeah oh my why why would it oh I, I don't like know. i need to watch more of this same animation a hundred times
0: yeah the uh, animation is very boring by
1: the way yeah the animation is very boring like the graphics are cool the game looks really cool like it's got a it it's got that super vint like that 16-bit super nintendo style that everybody loves like it looks great but They just, but that's it. That's the extent of it. Like everything looks pretty cool, but nothing happens cool. And and you don't have, even though you can choose, you know this like, pretty much you can choose whenever you attack somebody. You have two guns that you can choose from typically, or Um, melee, yeah, or melee. But nothing does anything special. It's nothing like you know final fantasy tactics for instance where it's like oh you have all these cool abilities you can yep. you can use Blasties. your imagination and do things a bunch of different ways it's just like this gun does a little more damage and has a little less range, and this goes gun...
0: more frequently, or it like fires, it hits multiple times and does like that. Was the other thing, too, is like certain abilities would be like, This ability attacks eight times for one damage, this ability attacks for two times for four damage.
1: Yeah, like, yeah, well, Holy shit. Like, that was, the same shares, yes, that was another thing I was going to bring up. Um, so in between fights, you uh, oh, yeah, you go to like a base and talk to people, and the story goes a little bit, and then you can upgrade your gear. That the upgrade in the gear is the most boring gear upgrading process ever because so, like, say you want to upgrade your right arm, the whatever gun is on your right arm. So, there's like maybe 20, maybe not 20, maybe like 10 or 12, 15 right arm guns that you can scroll through. And every single one is like what you said it's like, uh, this one does 22 damage instead of 21, but it has a five percent less chance to hit. This one does 23 damage but has a, you know, 27%, like, a little bit, like, two more percent less chance to hit. Like, all of the numbers were so nothing, like, it was no interesting choices you're making whatsoever. It's like, do you want a 80% accuracy and 30 damage per attack or do you want 90% accuracy and 28 damage per, per attack? Like... I don't. Care. Those numbers are not enough to make it like make just about any difference at all. They all do the same thing. They all shoot the other guy. Some of them have longer range, and that was the only yeah. time you would you would care at all. Some of them might have two range instead of one, or three range instead of two, and some of them like if they were if they have good range and do good damage and have good accuracy then that just means that they uh probably have limited ammo because a lot of the guns do not have limited ammo a few of them do
0: yeah, i was really surprised by that i was expecting ammo to be a bigger deal in the game and at some point i'm like i haven't had any issues with ammo so far oh, okay
1: well yeah because most of the guns just don't use ammo they're just uh, infinite
0: i assume they would that's why i was like oh okay.
1: yeah but you're making all these like terribly minute decisions on what to use um to, eventually i just got to where i would just choose whichever was most expensive i'm like i guess that's, <laughs> that's the best one <laughs> and that's then so you do that for your right arm then you got to go do it for the left arm then you got to go do it for your left leg then your right leg then your left body. shoulder then oh, your yeah. right shoulder then your body uh then your backpack Oh yeah. Uh and then you have a CPU which like boosts various stats, like makes you faster or have better accuracy overall or or whatever it might be. Then do it six more times for every other mech in your squad. Yeah. And then the, you're sp- the one-
0: I, I, I like the the combat system was dog do the leveling up where the equipment piece also leveling was, was kind of questionable as well I didn't really notice much of an impact with leveling too Yeah um, Yeah, the upgrades were really boring. I just ended up buying the most expensive one and also like I was really excited because I was like oh Okay, my left arm has a gun. My right arm doesn't have a gun cool I'm gonna add another gun and you think like okay now my mech's gonna fire twice as much Nope. Nope. It just allows you to use a different <laughs> ability as your, as you yeah, you can just so, choose oh,
1: out of the two guns okay. when you're attacking, when you're shooting yeah, somebody. It's
0: so, a huge, huge disappointment.
1: Um, and then also you can sell stuff, but by the time I got d- done buying everything, I'm like, I don't have the patience to now go sell things. Cause then you're yeah. like, well, is this something that I might want to keep for somebody else later? I'm just like, no, I just, I'll just, I guess I'll just keep care. everything. I don't, yeah, I don't care. Do not care. You haven't given me any reason to care about what guns I have, or, or which ones I don't. I've got enough money for everything I need right now. I guess I'm just not really going to worry about it because it's. I I've been spending. I've spent the last ten minutes just buying numbers, and now I'm bored.
0: The the one redeeming thing I will say about this game for me was I thought the story was interesting, and I I I, I didn't get super far into it, but it had it had my attention. Like I and it's not specifically because like. This story was gripping it was some of the characters you pick up i really liked some of the other people that are part of your parties i liked their portraits i like their personalities a little bit like i was actually intrigued enough to like okay i actually might play this game a little bit more based on some of the characters where they might go and then i was like i just can't deal with this combat the combat <laughs> is just so boring like i just cannot do this
1: yeah and i'm not exaggerating 30 minutes of just saying okay shoot hey, hey, shoot hey, hey, shoot hey, hey, hey. shoot yep. shoot because there's no other option, basically, it's just like shoot your right gun or your left gun. Okay, shoot, and then just mm-hmm. that over and over, watching the little mini cutscene in between. Oh my gosh, it was and also
0: and also you had to move before you attack, so it took a strategy. Oh, do you? I don't. I don't remember that. Yeah, so like, at least I'm pretty darn sure you had to move before you could attack. So you're part of the strategy on like Final Fantasy, right? Like one of the key things that you do in tactics, is like, well, do I want to move? not sure let me attack okay i can hit somebody i'm just gonna hit somebody and then i'll move i believe you had to move before you'd
1: attack in that game oh well okay are you saying you in order to attack you have to move or if you're doing no. both no, okay okay yeah you're right yeah yeah not that, sorry so i thought you were saying you have to move in order to attack what you're saying is oh, oh, gotcha. if you want to do both you have to move first correct or you can just attack but then you don't get to move that
0: is correct yep, yes that's
1: yes correct. that's how it is i do remember that okay uh, but yeah, I also tried pushing through also because same as you, I was like, I heard good things. Maybe if I get a little bit farther, maybe I'll get, maybe I'll get some new kind of mech that maybe does something different besides just shoot a gun or maybe the story will get really good. But then I played, you know, the second or third 30 minute mission of just pressing the shoot button on every guy over and over. And I was just like, I just can't do this anymore. I probably played for three and a half or four hours.
0: I think I played it in less than that, to be honest with you. Yeah. I um, I think I did three full battles, and I did a couple of like, sweeps of the shop and buying stuff. And I was hoping that the leveling of the characters would be a little bit more enticing and interesting, but I don't believe there are really any substantial changes from leveling other than stats.
1: No, I think you're right. Yeah. So, uh, sorry, I, st- I steered us wrong on this one. <laughs>
0: No, I mean, it's, I, I be honest with you, I was really excited going into it because I, 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 was, too, as I yeah. was downloading it, I was like watching videos of people playing. I'm like, this is kind of cool. Like, this is a, a nice, it's, I was like, oh, Squaresoft. Like, okay, cool. Like, this is a Squaresoft game I've never played before. Oh, it's a turn-based tactical uh, type game. Like, okay, I'm definitely interested in this. And then, nope. <laughs> One thing I will say,
1: I will say that uh, you have pretty good freedom on customizing, like, what they look like. You can choose that's the color. True. You can choose the color for each of them, and you can kind of choose the body style. Uh, and all the all of the guns actually do like graphically look, you know, update and look different when you attach different stuff onto it. So that is cool. Uh, that, that's it. That's that's pretty much all it has going.
0: Yep.
1: So front, yeah, music
0: wasn't memorable. I don't think there's well, anything else that was really that that interesting. Um, I will say a little. So the, the the main character, some of his dialogue was a little cringy for me. Uh, I really? like some of the I like some
1: of the side characters. Yeah,
0: it's just really a little bridgey for me at times. Okay.
1: Yeah, not not a, not a good recommendation from me. No, not definitely not from me. Either. That's something I would recommend. I, I had to really push through to get that three and a half hours or so and uh yeah. never paid off. Alright, so Jay, um so yeah, big double thumbs down, I guess, from both of us on Front Mission. Um, I don't think, let me check, uh, our email. I don't think, um, oh, okay. Chase here. I'll go ahead and read Chase's part of Chase's email, uh, from, from front mission. So he, so this is the only email that we got, uh, from somebody else who played it. Chase says, uh, about halfway through his email now for game of the quarter front mission. Funny side note on this, when you were choosing game of the quarter, you couldn't remember who had recommended you play it. Guess what? It was me. <laughs> oh, thanks, Chase. <laughs> Why? Because I like how weird and crunchy this game is. What does crunchy mean? Well, I guess we'll find out. Maybe you can really manipulate. You can really manipulate a lot of things in this game. Even though your pilots do have specific skills, they are better at unlocking. Okay, I guess we didn't. Neither of us got that. Your freedom to completely design your character's mechs dictate. What they will be best at in combat i love that shit. it's not a job system but it is still a surprising level of customization and freedom for a super nintendo era game we wouldn't see stuff like this until *Bahamut's lagoon tactics oh my over. gosh
0: i was going to compare it to that that's definitely. So
1: is it is baham are you saying *Bahamut's lagoon is bad
0: it's not bad it's just different it's a, it's a very unique approach maybe maybe that's what you do for a game of the quarter
1: okay Hamlet's Lagoon I mean, I Tactics, know. Ogre, or Final Fantasy Tactics—almost a generation later. It's also very hard to find a decent follow-up to this game, as Front Mission Two was never translated, and Front Mission Three can be a bit hard to approach now due to graphics being kind of gross.
0: I have people say, see, I have seen people say online that Front Mission, the Front Mission games, you don't necessarily need the need the story to play it. A lot of people have said they have played like the Japanese versions of it, just because of how fun the game plays. I disagree, obviously, but okay. um, I have seen some people play, play, talk about the later iterations. By the way, if you can hear the alarm sound in the background, please. please. Uh, yeah, I, I kind
1: of. Okay. Now that you say that, I can nice. hear a little something dinging. Anyway, I'm glad you decided to give this game a shot, and I'm hoping that even if you didn't like it, you at least found it interesting. <laughs> Sorry, yeah,
0: I mean, that's a fair statement. I would definitely, I definitely found did it
1: interesting. You, did you? I, I don't. I didn't. It, it was.
0: It, I mean, I thought. Sorry. I guess interesting from perspective of. Actually, hold on a second. Let me go turn that on. Sorry about that. Oh, it's Diego. It's Di- it's Diego's birthday right now. It's uh. And that, that's his. Um. <laughs> that's his egg cooker. We cook him eggs because of his medication. So.
1: Uh, okay. Is he getting eggs for his birthday, or that's just what he always eats? That's what he always eats. He's getting
0: some other things though, So.
1: Okay. Do you get him like a dog cake?
0: Uh, we made, so previously we made him puppy popsicles, which are like filled with like fruit and ch- chicken broth and stuff, uh-huh. um, which he really likes. This year we got him a brain toy and we've been like putting treats in it and then handing it to him and let him figure out the, the puzzle <laughs> and stuff, which is really adorable. He like fucking, he goes bananas for it.
1: <laughs> awesome. So, yeah. Okay. Where were we? What were we saying? Uh, we were
0: talking about from mission Chase. I think it was Chase's email.
1: Um, oh, shit. I think that was pretty much it. Okay. Okay. Um, so Jay game of the quarter, what are we going to do? So
0: if we're going to hold off on GW one. Uh, we could do Bahamas Lagoon. Bahamas Lagoon is, uh, I'll share with you. It is a big time investment. Um, uh, it, it, you can pause and play anytime you want, but think of, you know, any, any turn-based tactics game. The challenge is when you actually engage with somebody, like you can fire things at them, but when you actually engage in combat, it goes to like a Final Fantasy One combat style where you basically have, so each one of your units on the map is basically an army and that army is like, oh, sorry, I should say a party. It's a party. And then when you engage in combat, you go into like a Final Fantasy One sort of situation where you basically take turns hitting each other. It's right. very interesting. Um, it is very difficult. What I remember, and it's the battles take a long time. Like battles will take forty-five minutes to an hour, usually.
1: It sounds cool, but my issue is, it looks like it's there's not a. It is only Japanese, and I don't really don't feel like running a ROM and getting like stuff and getting into all that, just because I don't have that set up.
0: What else have been pending? What else have been pending on playing for
1: a while? I don't think there's been. I don't think there is anything. Really? Yeah. Uh, I don't think. I mean, can you remember? I can't think of anything where we've been like, "Oh, we should play that soon."
0: Not for a minute that I can think of. No. Um. Have you played many Pokemon games?
1: Let me pull up what the games that I have on my own list. Um, I've no, I have not. I've I've only played the very first one.
0: Do we want to do a Pokemon game? We could do. I don't know how you would feel about doing a modded version versus the standard. I don't really,
1: again, I don't really feel like getting the Oh, yeah, you only do ROMs. Sorry. I don't feel like dealing with them.
0: They're not bad. I will say that the ROM... Well, when you play... ROMs don't get bad until you get to, like, PS1, PS2 era. That's when it gets a lot more complicated. Like, doing GBA or, like, SNES or um, and NES, it's so easy. Like, you basically just download it and then just plug and play it, basically, from there. Mm, yeah, but, uh, mm. You're so funny, Robert. Um try to think
1: what else. Let me all right. Look, I don't want to make this me picking because it's your turn, but I'm sure. gonna I'm gonna go down a list of games that I've been wanting to play. I can't, I usually kind of keep a running list. Uh, I'm just gonna start reading stuff out. I haven't looked at this ahead of time. Um uh, where do we go? Chibi Robo, Dark Cloud, um Star Ocean 2.
0: Star Ocean Dark Cloud might not be a bad, bad move. Okay. Am,
1: um, uh, we got. I played Star Ocean recently, not too long ago.
0: They're interesting games. They just are. It's a, it, you know, it's a pretty, pretty big time investment. They're, they're interesting games. The voice acting is so funny. <laughs> okay. Like super deep voices for little anime characters and stuff. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, Valkyrie Profile. I have Legend of Man Legend of Mana. Is that the I don't remember which one that is, but I have it written down. Um Tales of Fantasia. Is that I a- I don't even know if that's a new game or an old game. Ogre Battle. Star Fox 64.
0: Oh, we could use Star Fox 64. I played that in a long time. That is something we've played, uh not not that game of quarter always has to be something unique, but
1: Are we I haven't I don't think we well I haven't played it, have you?
0: Star Fox 64?
1: I mean, I've played it, but not on the podcast.
0: Oh. Uh, I don't know that i played it for the podcast. I, I don't remember. To be Lunar
1: Silver Story is another one. Um, that's supposed to be a really good RPG. Let me see. We
0: could do Star Fox. Star Fox would be pretty fun. I remember enjoying that game a lot. Have you, have you played... Did you play um, Star Fox for Super Nintendo recently? Do you remember that?
1: Yeah. Well, not recently, but a few years ago I did, yeah. What okay? Yeah, do how you, would you feel about Star Fox 64? i I'm I'm good with that. I, I I'm good with whatever I have non RAM access, non ROM access to, just because I don't feel like, I really don't feel like going through the process of getting that set up. Um, I'm perfectly happy with Star Fox Sixty Four, but sure. I but I also but I want to make sure it's your choice.
0: No, I, I don't really have anything else set in mind to be honest with you. I, there's not many other games that I'm like, oh, I want to show Robert this game as of right now. So I'd I, be down for that.
1: All right, well, let's do that one. We'll do, oops, I'm writing notes in the wrong place. Star Fox 64 then for Game of the Quarter. And this will be our last one, excuse me, of the year. Jesus. Game of the Quarter, Star Fox 64. Okay. All right. Um, email time. Oh wait 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 yes
0: uh, top top three not not top three question question of the of the day for you you wanted to is ask me a... something
1: yeah what was yeah what so
0: is I I so I watch a lot of StarCraft I still watch a lot of StarCraft like every day I watch it, basically okay um I want to ask you and this is kind of just really really curious
1: it's personal what
0: yeah no what was what was your favorite matchup to watch of the non-mirror matches Let's start with that one
1: probably that's okay I would have to say Zerg versus Terran. Interesting.
0: Why? Just because it's like the classic like aliens versus humans type deal?
1: No, not really. I, I think it's because uh, we're talking StarCraft... I'm sorry, are we talking... StarCraft S- 2. Sorry. StarCraft 2, yeah, okay. Uh, because Zerg was was what I played so I liked watching them and I just thought Protoss was boring. Oh,
0: interesting. So
1: um, they were very... I mean, I know you could play them various ways... Especially when we watched, like, there was basically one Protoss strategy. Well, I guess there was just really one, Just especially versus Zerg, which was stay in your base, just turtle for a while until you get, like, this specific exact composition, then go uh, do one big attack and hope that you wipe him out. Whereas uh-huh. ter- uh, Terran had lots of techniques where they would do drops a lot of the time. Um, you harassment. know like like yeah har- harassment where you do drop ships behind their mineral line and kill their workers or sure. you, you know go build a base so like it was easier to build bases in other uh, areas of the map as Terran than it was as protoss and zerg and zerg is fast so they were kind of all over the map as well there's a lot of different strategies you could do like yeah i think both Terran and zerg were fun to me so so for non-mirror matches tvz was was my go-to yeah.
0: I'll share with you. my my favorite matchup. I love all of them. I I could I love watching Starcraft. I mirror matches for me are, are uh, substantially less interesting. I think that's probably a, a common ex, common uh, experience for a lot of people. Okay. My I, I will say I love Zerg versus Protoss. I played Protoss uh, in the first expansion, so yeah. I really love the idea of like the Forge fast expands and then you know basically trying to stay alive and dealing with with some of the Zerg potential all ins and then also doing harass with like Stargates or I love Blinkstalkers were. The most fun thing to micro in all of StarCraft for me, without question. Blinkstalker micro is the most frustrating thing to have happen to you. It is also one of the most fun things to ever do to somebody. <laughs> um, I will say, so of the mirror matches, what was your favorite and what is your least favorite?
1: Mirror matches? Yes. I guess I would have to go with Terran versus Terran.
0: As your least or most er, As my
1: most favorite. That's my most because that that was the same. It was like I feel like anytime I watched Terran versus Terran, it was everybody was all over the map trying to do different stuff here and there, trying to harass each other, trying to start other bases, um, even though even though Zerg is kind of more mobile as far as like their units were faster and they had kind of easier to to utilize flying units with uh, with Terran. They had the drop ships, which was just good players would use those all the time and use them very, very well. And, uh, that was really fun to watch. And also the, uh, the builds, I feel like were a little bit more flexible where, you know, like it was really easy to catch somebody off guard. You didn't have like just one or two go-to builds in TVT. There were, uh, like really strong rushes you could do, or you could, you know, likewise, you could turtle up for a while. And either one of those was, uh, was like a viable way to go. So, so as I remember it, that was the more interesting one. Um as far as least interesting on the mirror matchups I don't I mean I might say PVP uh, just again cuz I just found You're protoss pro toss hater, I got you cuz I'm protoss hater but ZvZ was not a great matchup I don't think either. I didn't dislike it but it was there wasn't really much special about it whereas Terran you were kind of all over the map doing stuff and Zerg it was kind of like there were not a whole bunch of different strategies in, in ZVZ a, a, again, as far as I remember it.
0: So I'll share with you my least favorite mirror matchup without question is ZVZ. ZVZ is the only matchup that if it's on, I will question turning off. Turning <laughs> off. I think ZVZ. So for, for those who don't, don't haven't really thought through this, the reason that mirror matches are generally much more boring than the non mirror matches is if you think about it from a balanced perspective, if there is all this unique interaction between two different races, that you know they have positives and negatives and different attributes that make them viable in different ways. When you line them up, it's a one-to-one ratio. So if one of the players is doing something more greedy and the other player is not doing the same greedy thing, but the other player is not winning, guess what? The first player is winning. Right. So there's a there's a really yeah, yeah. challenging aspect of balance. I agree with you. I think Terran versus Terran is the most interesting of the matchups of the mere matchups. I think Protoss versus Protoss is my second favorite because realistically Again, Blake's Dr. Micro, as well as there's some other really intricate things that happen in Protoss versus Protoss. I hate ZVZ. ZVZ either consists of Zergling with speed all-ins, Baneling all-ins, which I I love Banelings. I think Banelings are a very cool mechanic. But when it's Baneling versus Baneling, holy shit, it's so stupid because one missed Micro and one person loses 12 Banelings for two Banelings. And it just, for me, I really don't... I was never a big fan of it. (laughs) You know who was...
1: You, yeah. What made you think of that? What made you ask? Uh, I just I watch a lot of Star Because you've been watching a lot. Yeah. You know who was really fun to watch uh, in ZvZ? Uh, you you well, you're, no you're not even gonna guess. LZ Gamer. Really? Yeah, he was. Um, so uh, we're getting a bit off topic, but LZ Gamer was a he was a pro player, but he wasn't. He was definitely the bottom tier. Of pro players. He he was one of EG's sure. players. He's a great guy. I I interviewed him several times when we used to write for EG and he was super nice. Always very accommodating, Very responsive. Very responsive, very nice and, and just uh, over around, all around cool. His stream was really fun to watch as well but he just never kind of got off the ground as far as like performing well in tournaments. But I would watch his stream and people would ZVZ all in him. And like, he would just do crazy stuff and be able to hold them off until they were they had just like exhausted everything. Like he would do weird things like make three queens in his in his in one base to hold off to help hold off like a an, an all in and just like keep fighting against people like as did the, as they threw everything they had at, at him you know all in one base over the course of like until they mined out their entire base and uh, then they would just have to quit because he held him off and they had nothing else like to do basically. Um, like he would do, he was really fun to watch cause he would like, he could do like p- pull off crazy feats like that. But also he always, he, he never did. He always did unconventional stuff. And, uh, like, especially in, in non-tournament settings, he usually did a very good job with it. So he was one of the more, fu- more fun Zerg players and especially in ZVZ matchups to watch, even though again, he, in, he was never, he never really got going, uh, as far as like the professional seen in tournaments goes, but he he was he was a very good player and a really entertaining one.
0: I felt the same way about in control with, with Protoss first Protoss. Oh yeah, yeah. He, yeah. Would, he would do things like Stargate in PvP, which which it for those like I apologize. I know a lot of people are not gonna understand some of the terminology and I'm not gonna go into explaining it because I don't think those people care. But um Stargate play in PvP early in the early stages of of Liberty was not a common thing. If you it was basically fourgate or robo expand or gate expand or something like that and jeff would do he would do like um carriers he would do whole, <laughs> not even just carriers like he would go phoenix in pv in, in uh, pvp which was like it, it, what would be assumed meta was like if you went if you went for phoenix in the early stages of the game the other person would just all in you and kill you with yeah, yeah, yeah and he would end up doing things like picking up people's sentries and then like yeah. building his own sentries and and force fielding the, the ramp and it was just like I wish I could do that like I don't know how he does this so comfortably and I even talked to him about it sometimes in the stream or uh, elsewhere and he would just share with me like oh yeah I just kind of do what I think is right and I just make sure that like you know I basically am using all the resources at my disposal which is like that's how I want to play an RTS game like right I don't like to do I don't want to necessarily do like only structured builds so I really appreciated that perspective
1: yeah he was really good I mean you and you had to be to be a top tier player but He was always very mindful also about like whatever you have, you need to be using it like now, you know, don't, don't build, don't try building up an army and save it up. Like use what you have now, do something with it. Otherwise, as you said earlier, like the other guys just, just getting ahead.
0: Yep. So cool. I was just curious. I've I've been watching more Starcraft as of recent. So I was just thinking
1: through some things. Awesome. Okay. all right uh emails we got we got two we got the rest of chases and we have one from father beast uh father beast says hello classic gamers this is father beast as you know i've been a bit off from you guys in the game of the quarter for the summer for a few years three years ago you had quest for glory as your game of the quarter and you guys didn't like it that much but i did that was
0: three years ago
1: well he says about three years ago um yeah i think it was that sounds about right to me says, I figure that we should set aside the summer game of the quarter each year to be summer of Quest for Glory. You guys did not agree, so I went on by myself. This year, the plan was that I would quickly finish Quest for Glory 2 and play through... Excuse me, and play through 3. That didn't happen, partly because I had knee replacement surgery partway through the summer and played almost nothing during much of my recovery. I hope you're doing well, Father Beast. Yeah. So, my game of the quarter... It's Quest for Glory 2 Trial by Fire, the fan remake. Part 2. Last time, so he played this before. Last time, or he played it partly before. Last time I got killed because I was trying out this mini game where you tried to walk a tightrope. I fell off the rope and broke my neck. When I got back to the game, I tried it again a number of times but could never successfully do this thing. The game has you hanging out in a Middle Eastern city, think like Aladdin. And every several days, an elemental monster comes to ravage the city, and you have to capture it. In the meantime, you can use your downtime to build up your skills. So that's what I did. I had a thief character because it seemed like that was the best way to get as many skills as possible. Uh, I went. I, he says he practiced his uh, thieving skill, or his lockpicking skill, rather. He, uh, I went down to the Heroes Guild and practiced my fighting and got to be fairly decent. Still not good enough to be taking on most of the monsters out in the desert, so I mostly avoided them. After you have beaten the four elementals, you go to the second city, I found that I had to use my magic rope to stretch across the balcony where the evil wizard awaits, and tightrope walk across the to be able to enter the end game. I could not do it. Even if my agility was maxed out, I still could not do this part, so I checked through walkthroughs for other classes and decided to enter the palace a different way, using my fair ability at magic. This, thus, I was able to finish the game, and my character is ready to transfer to Quest for Glory 3 next year. I rather enjoyed it, despite all the problems. The city is cool to walk around, and the NPCs are fun to talk to and interact with, and the story isn't too bad either. Anyway, still listening, Father Beast. Cool. Alright, thank you for the Quest for Glory update, Father Beast. We'll be waiting to hear how the, how the third one is next summer. <laughs> <clears throat> And uh, the rest of Chase's email. So at the beginning, he says, Hello, gentlemen, Chase the Night Cleaner here with a quick wee email. First off, Robert, you did a pretty decent job of trying to summarize my initial audio delivery on Final Fantasy, though I will provide further opinions and thoughts based on your and Jay's responses. So quick recap. This is where... Chase sent us in. we were talking about Final Fantasy a while back uh, and why it's we're trying to figure out why it's so popular. Chase sent in uh, a, a, a like a an audio email of him describing like what it was, you know, his thoughts on why it's so popular. and I kind of summarized that in the last episode. He says one, the original clip I sent was just under eleven minutes. Your review of my ideas in the back and forth with Jay Clarkson at just over eleven minutes. <laughs> we just we should have just let the guy talk. That means your summary is probably about six minutes in length. Pretty wild when you consider that my first attempt was a 20-minute long-form essay. <laughs> Thanks for your efforts, oh. Robert. Great summary. Uh, two, upon further review, I've discovered that many people ages 12 to 25, an age group I had originally written off, are actually very engaged with Final Fantasy, but not so much the mainline games. Instead of them... Instead, most of them have really embraced either mobile Final Fantasy games which a lot of people past a certain age seem to ignore, or Final Fantasy XIV, the MMORPG because it is actually really good and a decent alternative to most anything else out there. This is my ignorance, sorry about that. Number 3, there was one item you touched on but didn't elaborate on quite as hard as I did because I believe Final Fantasy because I believe Final Fantasy was the most popular JRPG in the West on systems like the NES, SNES, and PS, I think it steered and effectively defined what people understood as a JRPG culturally. I really nail home how significant the media blitz for Final Fantasy 7 was and how people purchased consoles based on what systems the next Final Fantasy would be on, at least at the time. Most specifically, I believe Final Fantasy 7, was was the moment JRPGs went mainstream and entered popular culture for Western audiences instead of just being a fringe genre, small miss, but one I wanted to highlight and four, if you ever want me to talk about final fantasy with you someday, I would be happy to have an excuse to buy the pixel remasters and start playing through them again. Uh, thanks Jace. So yeah, it sounds like we, we more or less got it right. What, what he had said, uh, besides a couple little things here, there, um, I I agree about Final Fantasy 7 being the one that became mainstream, but but I would say it came like closer to mainstream, maybe not quite mainstream. I don't know, but what what, what do you what are your thoughts? Do you what do you I think? I kind of agree with him.
0: I think seven for for me is like the one that most people who are not avid gamers recognize as as the the major one. I don't I don't think most people. Like I know, a lot of people who reference Final Fantasy VII for a variety of reasons, and don't really reference any other Final Fantasy beyond that. To be honest with you, okay, I think it's a very fair point. Okay. All
1: right, then he's got the part where he talked about a front mission, and then he wraps up. Now, for my question of the day: If you could have a video game character's hair, whose hair would you take, and why?
0: Wow, what for?
1: What do you mean That's what for?
0: Like what? What, what like? Like, do I, would I want it as my own, like, permanently? Or is it something I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. I'd want it for, like, you know, I, I'm, just, I'm, I'm thinking, like, having, like, clouds hair, right? is, is one of the most more recognizable hairstyles in Final Fantasy. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Would I want that for my everyday life? Probably not.
1: <laughs> no, probably not. I don't think I would want his period, though. Um... <laughs> Hold on. There's, okay. Yakuza Like a Dragon. Their characters had some great hair. And I can't remember the guy's name. Uh, he's he's often called Young Master Guy. like it's been like more than 3 days since I finished the game so no I can't remember anybody's name. Um give me just a minute. I got to find the guy's name. Uh to, you you talk about something for a second while I um <laughs> You talk about something for a second. Um, <laughs> while I find him.
0: Yeah, terms, I mean in terms of Final Fantasy characters I was trying to think of like some really interesting hairstyles. I mean Cloud's obviously is one that sticks out quite a bit. You could also look. I mean, like Sids. I feel like Sids' hair in Final Fantasy VII is pretty, pretty staple. I don't know. I'm trying to think of like what what kind of hairstyle would be interesting to have of any of the characters that I really liked. But I mean, having Sephiroth's hair would be pretty amazing, just with how beautiful it looks. It looks like he takes really good care of it. So I imagine he probably. I, I'll bet you his treatment for it is pretty uh, involved. I guess. So.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh,
0: Characters have like really interesting hair to them. So this is I not a this is oh, not
1: fine. a. Sorry, sorry. I thought I was. I, was I, <laughs> I thought you were sympathy talking to keep going since I asked you. Um, no, I'm just kind of thinking through. Things. Okay, so this is not an old game. This is a very recent game. But something that I noticed as I was playing Yakuza Like a Dragon is that a lot of the characters have like really good hair. And two of the ones. So here's my here's my runner up. Uh. Can't even get him to I'm trying to get a bit a bigger picture of this guy to show you. But um This is really bad because these are like very main characters in the game. Masumi Arakawa. Okay. He's got he's an, he's not he's an older not, not an old guy, but an oldish guy. But he's got he's got pretty solid hair. Um here you go, Jay. Like if if I was 50 or or okay. whatever and I had hair like this. I'd be very happy. His hair yeah, is. All, his, I, my hair is already farther back than his is. So, but his is great. But um kinda looks like Steve Carell's. <laughs> yeah, it does. But uh Rio uh Rio Alki has has great hair. Um I at the beat, long It changed, huh? I said I can see you pulling that hairstyle off. Oh yeah, like so. His hair changes drastically from the beginning of the game to later in the game. The later version is the version that I'm talking about. If you've played it, as you could probably guess, um, his hair looks fantastic. If I had hair like like his, especially or either of them, I'll be I'll be very happy. But as it is, I have a I have a very strongly receding hairline, and so I pretty much just have to buzz mine, or else it looks goofy.
0: Goofy, I heard Goofy.
1: Yeah, you, you heard it again. Uh, any other thoughts on on hair that you would go for?
0: Not particularly. I mean, I feel like Titus's hair or maybe Zidane's hair would be a little bit more feasible. I guess I guess for for <laughs> older Final Fantasy games, you really can't get the full depiction of what it would look like on somebody. So, but Ramsa Rams' hair is pretty. I mean, my hair was getting to where Rams's hair was uh, before I cut <laughs> it. I mean, for sure. I mean, Rams' hair. If if I didn't work in a corporate in America, I think it's a pretty cool hairstyle to be honest with you. And especially, like, being outdoorsy and stuff. I feel like it kind of goes with the territory. How
1: about Guile? I don't know,
0: that I know Guile's hair. You, know,
1: you know Guile, Street Fighter?
0: I'm, no, I'm trying to think. I know who he is. I'm trying oh, to think my. what
1: exactly his hairstyle looks like. What is... What? Jay, come on.
0: Listen. I don't know everybody's hairstyles off the okay, top. Okay,
1: but Guile you? has the most... Uh, recognizable hairstyle in the history oh, of video yeah, games. Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah, definitely not. I don't think I can
1: pull that off. Okay. Uh, he says I'm partial to <laughs> gal from final fantasy six. Oh, wow. <laughs> the little like caveman kid. Yep. As this wild child had a sweet green ponytail mullet going on. Oof. His hair was kind of like guile's a little bit too. Um, if I, isn't it? Uh, it like what, like plus, plus the mullet? Um, I don't know that
0: I could tell. I'm trying to think, maybe
1: <laughs> I just typed, I tried typing FF6 gal into, uh, okay, yeah, it is kind of like, uh, yeah, it is kind of like, Giles? um, gals. Yeah, I, I thought okay. that's how I remembered it. Okay, so you see, he likes gals here. <laughs> Uh, that's it for me. Thanks for all you doing the wonderful section of your show. Cheers and talk again soon, Chase the Night Cleaner. Thanks, Chase. Thank you, Chase. Alright. Current gaming subcast. We've we've talked a lot about MMORPGs. RPGs. Anything else? Sure. That you want, that you I'm want
0: sure. Um I've been playing me? a lot of uh Slave Aspire. Uh, if anybody hasn't played Slave Aspire, it is a TE uh, deck building roguelite uh game. Uh is roguelite, no, it is a roguelike.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I, th- I think it would count as a roguelike.
0: Yeah, um, it is insanely good. I really love, I love the game. I'm, deck building is is kind of the meta right now. It's, it, from my perspective, I think deck building is is realistically, and realistically auto chess for me, I look at it the same way of a deck building game. Um, I, I know that sounds like a little bit of a weird statement, but if you think about it, I think it makes a lot of sense. The idea of auto chess, I think, is basically the cards are just the pieces, if if you can bear with me on that. So STS, or or Slay This Fire, is just a very good game. It's $12. I got it on Switch, which I love games like this on Switch because I can just plug and play. Uh, There's four different characters you can unlock. There's a multitude of different decks, all these different builds. I only play one character. I don't really like playing the other characters very much. And I have played 60, 70 runs over the last 10 to 14 days. Love it. And when you beat the game, you can start turning up the difficulty it's called Ascension Mode. Every level of Ascension uh, makes the game a little bit harder. The mobs are tougher, you have less potion slots, less upgrades, less money, all this different stuff. There's 20 levels of Ascension. I'm on 12 right now. Or, Yeah, I'm on 12 right now. I almost beat it today, I got to the last boss and died. Uh, But I love this game. The deck building aspect of it is just so interesting. The character I play uh, is very based around draw. The most of the decks I build are around drawing a lot. I love drawing in deck building games. A lot of draw, a lot of discard, a lot of poison, which I really like the poison mechanic in this game. And one of the cool things about this game is there's all these different artifacts. There's got to be over a hundred different artifacts that have a multitude of different justifications or uses for them. You get them throughout the game and it really helps to steer the direction of how you're going to build your deck. So I love that aspect of the game because at the beginning of it, you're like, okay, I got, I got this card. I'm going to build my deck this way. Oh, I got this artifact. Let me steer it a little bit this way. Oh, I got this artifact. It's encouraging this build. Let me keep going that way. Oh, I got this card. Oh, I upgraded this card. Oh, I did this. Oh, I have all this money. There's just so much to it. And I really love the difficulty of it. I will say the Ascension part of it is very fun. However, I'm getting to the point where I am not successfully beating it easily, meaning like after a few runs, it is taking me uh 10 to 15 runs to get through where i'm at right now wow which is uh been pretty hard so i have put a lot of time into it already got my money's worth for sure would definitely encourage anybody who likes uh, deck building pve games this is definitely one worthwhile to check out okay that's it that's all you got yep
1: i i don't think that i mentioned a while back that i did finally finish uh yakuza like a dragon i just was reminded of it right now um I'm not going to go into it. I think I talked about it like a, a fair amount already. But what um, I will say is I think it's my favorite JRPG. Like, wow. I, really, I know you speak very highly of this game. Yeah, I really, really, really loved everything about it. Uh, well, almost everything, but like I just love the game. Like the, and, and the story was fantastic too. So that's, that's all I'll say. I, I don't want to go more into it, but I absolutely loved it.
0: I've heard really good things about it. Not just
1: from you. Right. Yeah, it's so good. The other um, the other one I've been playing, well, I haven't played that recently. The newer game that I've been playing recently is Dice Legacy. And it's really, uh, it's really a cool game. So this is a, it just came out uh, about two weeks ago. It is a, I, I, I don't know if roguelike is the technically correct term, but it is a run-based game um, based on, it's a colony survival game. And it's a dice based game. So the way it works is there are different scenarios and I haven't, I actually haven't even been able to complete the first one yet. So I haven't unlocked any other ones, but uh, you, so the first one is you are, you're building this colony. You've kind of like just gotten, you've just come to shore in some new place and you're building up a a colony and just trying to survive. And you start off with, I think, four dice or something like that. And the dice represent kind of in, a, in broad terms your population. And so you roll the dice. And each dice side has a different type of worker on it. There's some that are kind of like uh, explorers. Like one side has a symbol that means explore. Another side is kind of uh, general workers. Another one is like a resource gatherer. And then there's a builder, and I think, and that's only what four. So there's two of those are doubled up. I think worker, like I think the resource gatherers doubled up, and uh, I forgot which other one. But oh, 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 sorry. One of the sides is also uh, has a sword. It can like attack people. Um, so you, if you have a resource gatherer, then you drop there. There are kind of distinct or discrete resource areas around the map. Like there might be a woods and you can drop one dice on the woods or one die on the woods if he's a resource gatherer. So you put him there and it sits there for about 20 seconds. The different, the different things take different amounts of time, but you know, roughly 20 seconds, some of the longer ones are 45 or 50 seconds. Um, and then it comes back and it has gathered some amount of wood, which varies based on based on different things. Um, there to, to build a, uh, another building, you need, you know, a certain amount of wood. Plus often you need some other resources like stone or iron, things like that. And then you have to build, you know, to decide where you want to build it. And then you have to put one or two builder dice on top of that one to actually construct it. And then you have another building and that's how you kind of, uh, ex- start expanding your colony and, and building more things. There's a house where if you put two of your dice inside a house, then they sit there and it takes a while. It takes like fifty seconds, but then they produce a third one. So then you have another person in your in your colony. Um, every time you use a dice, or sorry, a die, then it becomes uh, then you then it kind of becomes essentially like grayed out, and you can't use it anymore. The only way to use it again is to re-roll all of the dice that are not currently doing something. And whenever you re-roll the dice. They all have a counter on them that starts off at like twelve or something like that, and it goes down one. If it goes all the way down to zero, then that die dies and you lose it. The way to raise that number is to feed them. So that's where food comes into play. Like you know, essentially keeping your population, which is represented by your dice, alive. you'll if one die gets low, then you put it in a cookhouse with with a uh, with one unit of food. And then it heals it for or, you know, like it gives it like it raises its counter, you know, like five or six things, five or six points or something like that. Um, you you get food from various things that you can like go put a work, put a gatherer in the hunting grounds or you can use workers to to you can build a wheat field and use workers to raise wheat. And eventually people kind of kind of like Civ style, people start coming to attack you kind of like not essentially barbarians more or less. And uh, you have to fight them off with, uh, with the dice that have swords on them. If you've rolled a sword and uh, the whole point is just to kind of survive until you can wipe out all of the bad guys on the map. And it's, it's like, um, it's like a a halo style. The the world you're on is not like realistic. It's you're on a ring world, basically. Uh, like just like Halo, where you're on the inside of a ring, so you you can only basically progress. You can only spread out forward. You expand your area of control by building districts, and uh, you basically expand forward the whole time until you uh, you know have expanded enough to where like basically all that's left to do is to wipe out the any bad guys that are attacking you. You can also upgrade or not upgrade, but essentially transform die into different types of dice. So every die that you start off with is a, uh, like a, I think they're just called citizen dice. They're orange. And then you can build like a barracks for instance. And if you put a citizen dice and two iron in a barracks, then it sits there for 45 seconds or something and comes back. And that's a warrior dice that has like three sides of it are swords. So when you roll that, you're more likely to have a, a warrior and then like another side's, I forgot what, like worker or something else. There are also, you can also upgrade them into scholar die and you can use those. And if you have enough of those that roll on, uh, like a certain side that has like a book then you can put those all in a workshop and they do research, which allows you to upgrade your facilities, uh, upgrade your, your like general dice's abilities, uh, unlock new buildings that you can build And then there's another one that's merchant that allows you to like do various things to get more gold. Uh, It's, it's, it's really fun resource management because you have to balance everything, especially your food to make sure that your, your dice don't die off and make sure that you're kind of generally progressing throughout, throughout the game while, as while you play, there's also a, a mechanic where it goes to winter, you know, on, on a regular basis. And during winter, Whenever you use a die in a building, there's a certain percent chance that it's going to be frozen. And if it gets frozen, you cannot use it until you either put it in a tavern with beer, which is of course a finite resource that you've, that you've produced using wheat. Um, and so you'll only have a limited number of that and then it like warms them up. or you just have to wait till summer comes around. So there are these, you can also, you can build these like steam generators that will make it safe within a certain, uh, within a certain area for, for dice to go. And there's, and they're guaranteed not to freeze, but that's powered by wood, which is like, it uses quite a bit of wood to, to function. So this whole time you're kind of balancing whether you want to, you know, put workers around this thing and, and burn wood to let them work safely or just take the risk, or maybe just wait things out and see how it goes. Uh, while you're trying to, you know, balance expanding and fighting off barbarians and stuff like that. It's a very fun game. I've I've got a good eight or ten hours in it. And uh, and, and I've, I've really liked what I've played so far.
0: Awesome. Mm-hmm. Glad to hear it.
1: Uh, but that's all I've got. That and uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon, as I said. So, um, Jay, do you have anything else that we need to bring up, talk about? No, else. I think
0: that's about everything from my perspective.
1: All right, cool. Well, okay. So, two quick things, or three quick things. One, our game of the quarter. Star, so- this is your last chance to change it if you want to. Star Fox sixty four. I'm all about it. All right, let's do it. Star Fox sixty four. We will play at uh, some time around the end of December. Um, our next episode, we are going to have a guest, Michelle, from PD's Power Hour podcast. As I mentioned last time, uh, I was recently on her podcast. And uh, that, that actually, that episode just dropped earlier this week. So if you want to check it out, it's there now. It's the PD's power, P E T E E apostrophe S PD's power hour podcast. We talked about uh, four roses, whiskey. We also talked about Kentucky kernels and roses and uh, corn as well. But the, <laughs> and we talked about video games a little bit too, but the focus was on whiskey in general. And specifically we tasted four roses, whiskey. It was fun. Go check it out. But she's going to come join us next time. So if you have any questions for her, specifically alcohol-related, she's she knows everything there is to know about alcohol in general. So uh, send in an email for her if you'd like to. Thirdly, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, I just released a song. My artist's name is Robot Octopus. The song's name is Escaped. I'm going to uh, tack it on to the end of this podcast. So hang around Right after we wrap this up, and I'm gonna play Escape or I'm gonna cut I'm gonna put Escaped into the end of this podcast so you guys can listen to it. Uh if you want to listen to it some more, please feel free to check me out on Spotify. Just just turn on Spotify and just like hit repeat on on my song. Just play it hundreds of times in a row. And uh do the same thing on band on Bandcamp. You can also follow me on there if you wanna stay up, because I definitely am gonna be releasing more stuff as well. Uh so those are the kind of the two main places I would say Spotify Bandcamp. You can find it. You should be able to find it more or less anywhere, but uh, that'll be uh, coming up in just a second. If you want to hang around for that, uh, everything else outside of that, I guess, uh, follow me. I'm at King Octavius, follow us at class games, cast, leave us amazing reviews on iTunes. Tell all your friends to listen to us. All, th- both of those things are very helpful for us. Email us, Mail at com. Don't forget to send uh, an email for Michelle as well. And, uh, oh, yeah, we're part of the HP Video Game Podcast Network. So check out uh, some of their other stuff. Jay, if you don't have anything else to add, then I will just say uh, uh, we'll see you guys in three weeks.
0: Sounds good. Take Thank- care, everybody. Thanks for listening.
1: Yeah, thanks for listening.
0: We've reached the
1: safe range. Good. Now we monitor home watch. thousand years until Sona.